Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I Do love typing. Do not mess in. with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you <laughs> like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this house. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired to read and discuss listener feedback about the two-hour series finale of Supergirl uh, with the episodes titled The Last Gauntlet and Kara. So we had a lot of feedback uh, last week, weren't able to get to it uh, because we uh, just talked too much. So now we are actually going to get to that feedback. And this is a, a frighteningly long Google Doc. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, <laughs> it might. kept floating and the, the cursor like kept getting smaller and smaller. And I was like, Oh, no. What it, have you all done? <laughs> <laughs> it might be close to 50 pages, but we're not going to talk about that because we need to get to <laughs> the entire Supergirl season six original television soundtrack, which includes Melissa Benoist and Jeremy Jordan singing We Belong, is now available on Spotify and Apple Music. So you know I'm going to be blasting that jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can do that if you uh, go to uh, supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. You can access our Supergirl Radio Spotify playlist. We've already add, uh, added those tracks to the playlist. So if you just want to uh, click on that and just let it go for several hours. You'll have lots of Supergirl-related music in that playlist. So uh, here at Supergirl Radio, we are a literal literal. Supergirl Radio. So uh, definitely check out the playlist uh, for all those tracks if you want to check it out. Uh, and uh, our second, I think it's our second and final bit of news. Going to have to get through the news because, uh, as to repeat it, it is a very lengthy Google Doc. So we got to get uh, going through the news. But the uh, second yeah. <laughs> and uh, the second and final bit of news, according to SupermanHomepage.com, DC has announced that the upcoming DC League of Super Pets animated movie will have a tie-in graphic novel, which will continue the adventures of Crypto and Friends. <gasps> uh, <laughs> this is titled DC League of Super Pets: The Great Mixie. Up, and, and it's a 160-page graphic novel written by Heath Corson and illustrated by Bobby Timoney and will be published on May 17th, 2022. Here is a description for the novel. Quote, there is nothing the super pets love more than spending time with their heroes, but they are finding it difficult to be taken seriously as members of the team when they're humans just don't understand them. When <laughs> Mr. Just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> when Mr. Mixias Pitalik, a magical imp from the fifth dimension, arrives in Metropolis with a plan to wreak a little chaos and destruction, the Justice League is caught in his trap. 
The super pets will need to come up with a plan to prevent Mixie's mischief from destroying the city while somehow trying to rescue their human counterparts. The only problem is they may need to team up with their greatest enemy to succeed. And they aren't sure if they can trust her, unquote. Uh, Ooh, I'm curious. Who is as, their greatest enemy? I'm not sure. I'm trying to think who that could be. So we'll have, maybe Morgan, we'll have to read this book I and, mean, and review I, it. I'm so down for reading this book. And listen, <laughs> if it was Garfield, I would know that their greatest enemy was Mondays. But <laughs> <laughs> but with the Super Pets, who knows who it could be? I They have me officially intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> so in the future, we'll be reading a, a Super Pets novel. And I thought that was relevant because... Uh, it's related to crypto and hopefully streaky will show up. Crypto has been in Supergirl uh, comics uh, most recently, very frequently. Um, and uh, Mixie is also involved. And we talk about Mixie uh, pretty regularly here on Supergirl <laughs> Radio. So friend of the podcast, <laughs> friend of the podcast, uh, podcast, Mixia's Pitalik. Uh, so we'll maybe have to uh, bring that in. Maybe maybe our good friend uh, Mixia's Pitalik. It should show back up for that one. <laughs> Ooh, I, I just like that the uh, the Supergirl Radio Book Club is continuing to like to uh, like grow our to be read pile uh, because we still, <laughs> we still have to read um, uh, Melissa Benoist's young adult book. We now uh -huh. we have this on the pile. Super Friends. Uh, at some point, you have to finish and tell me what what is art. <laughs> what is art? It's painting of paintings of horses. That's what I'm going to get to the end of that book. It's just going to say. Art is paintings of horses. And I'm going to be like, oh, I knew that already. You, you Why did I have to read this? <laughs> you turn the last page and it's just a painting of a horse and you go, my God, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Donaghy was right. Um, so, yeah, so we will have more Katie McGrath book club, uh, possibly, uh, you know, uh, episode. Uh, maybe we'll have to have Abby back on to talk about these uh, these books. So we'll have maybe. We'll have to talk with Abby, but I'm hoping for like a Supergirl Radio slash Katie McGrath book club uh, crossover for some of these things. So if if Abby's uh, up for a reading, Abby, a, a can you collab book. with us? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have we'll have to see if she uh, is willing to to read a, a book about crypto, uh, among the other you know very highly intelligent things that Katie McGrath reads. Uh, maybe, maybe we can it's, that. It, it's like a 400 page like a uh, like novel that goes back in time and then and then it's like next to it is the super pets <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that will be uh, uh coming sometime soon maybe we'll read it before the super pets movie comes out or whenever the book drops Ooh. or something we'll we'll figure out uh, some timing on that all right, so that is going to do it for our news. So let's uh, get to starting to see what our uh, feedback is about the series finale from our uh, listeners. Uh, this is feedback about The Last Gauntlet and Kara, which were the two episodes in the two-hour series finale of Supergirl. So, uh, Morgan, let's start with our tweets. Let's. Uh, <laughs> we're just a conduit for your feedback in this one. So <laughs> buckle in. Um, at CM Gutierrez 74 said, in my viewing market under Spectrum Cable, the sound for the finale was not available until 38 minutes into the second hour. That's now, missing a whole lot. Yeah. Editorial note on this one. Maybe that's the way to watch that finale. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're back in. So my view <laughs> so my viewing buddy and I made up our own dialogue and it was 
amazing. Now I have to rewatch the finale to just understand what actually happened. Then Morgan, Morgan, should we do that sometime? Just like watch an episode of Supergirl <laughs> and just like make up our own story about what's happening. Oh my god, our story <laughs> would be off the chain. <laughs> I think that's a I think that's an episode for the future. <laughs> I think it's gonna be great. <laughs> uh so uh Sam Gutierrez comes in uh later after watching with audio. Wow, what a difference actually hearing the dialogue makes. <laughs> <laughs> the power of a hope speech. Lillian was the finale MVP, save the world by planting seeds of doubt in Nixley and encouraging Lena to own her power. Mama Danvers playing old school NES duck hunt. <laughs> and Cat Grant. Loved it. Um, at Danvers Girls says, uh, I've always had my problems with the show and even had some in these final two episodes, but the happiness I felt seeing everyone come back and the wedding and everything, the big smile I had on my face made everything okay. I'm surprisingly satisfied with the ending and feel at peace with it. Uh, at Conserving Nerd uh, said, some good notes include it, but played way too presto to savor them. Uh, at Mystic Celeste said, honestly, James, Wynn, and Kara talking about the beginning was everything. The OG super friends are what made this show, and it was great to have them back together, even for a minute. Also, Wynn and Kara singing at the wedding was fantastic. Uh, and now you can listen to it on Spotify. <laughs> Uh, at KVidiCat53 said, I thought it was a terrific finale, giving everything I wanted. The villain swiftly dispatched Melissa and Jeremy duet. Cat Grant still the best mentor ever for Kara. And OG Super Friends throwback, super core moments. And best of all, Kara and her role going forwards. Uh, at Dr. O. Sophilia Lady Sai said, I need Cat Grant to call me and tell me how to feel about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I am headcanoning every institute in the end montage as having a strong scientific mission because I didn't get nearly enough of this content in the finale. Uh, I think the bad news is that we've definitely established that the Lena Luther Foundation is a camp for witches. And so <laughs> <laughs> no science to be had there. Well, uh, Dr. Nicole Green might might get something out of, you know, whatever the new DEO is, the new peaceful DEO. That's true. Maybe they do a lot of science there. Uh, we'll never know, but <laughs> we can imagine that that's the case. <laughs> the, the the new director, uh, Director Bones, is a very, very, uh, you know, high prioritizing uh, science there. <laughs> director Bones is a very science-minded individual. <laughs> Started with that cyanide sweat. He's been looking for a cure. <laughs> Uh, at Super Sidekick says, please explain Lex and Nixley becoming lizard people mid-battle. I'm so lost. I'm glad that that this was brought up. Uh, yeah, because we, we, we didn't talk about this because last week. Because we didn't talk about it last week. Um, but when I was watching the episode, I screamed, what, why? Why is this <laughs> happening? What, why? And it was really never explained. Never. Wh why did they become lizard people? I don't know. I don't know if it's because of the Allstone. <laughs> that one's the funniest one. Yeah, the the Nixley one is much more I, lizardy. The the Nixley one is much more lizardy, and also it's a lizard with bangs. I didn't know <laughs> that a lizard with bangs was something I needed in my life until I saw it on Supergirl, and then I was like, 
Blizzard girl, you work in it. <laughs> <laughs> so why do you think they're, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that they were, uh, you know, the Allstone had been created and they were, uh, you know, trying to take the power of the Allstone. Maybe the Allstone was like, oh, these are bad guys trying to take control of me. And th- they, it revealed, it revealed their, the, their true the, nature. The pa- yes. The power revealed the monsters people. they were. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It was uh, so strange. My theory is that they wanted to make you feel as if you were in some sort of fever dream so that you would just accept whatever was happening in the finale. Like, Ather, somebody, uh, Ather, Lex, and Nixley randomly turned into lizard people and then back with no explanation. You were like, well, I mean, everything's up from here. Yeah, they really should have explained that. Otherwise, it just seems like wasted CG, like wasted money. Um, <laughs> it was definitely wasted money. There was no explanation. Like... I saw so much on Twitter the, the day after that was like, they're really not going to explain the lizard people thing. And I was like, yes, thank you. Cause you're watching it going, okay, well that's, that was distressing, right? Like they're going to circle around and there's going to be some, some sort of thing about why they turn into lizards or like, that seems like a bad thing. And nope, no, it was just one last, it was like Supergirl's like, listen, we do a lot of weird stuff on this show and we don't explain it to you. And and so our commitment to you is that these are the final episodes and we're going to do it again. And this <laughs> is maybe it was Supergirl's parting gift to us. It's like, here, one more thing that we'll never explain to you, like the head of Leviathan. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are some pretty good guesses in the chat. Uh, R. Thompson 94 says, I think they were trying to communicate that they were losing their humanity. <laughs> uh, I think uh, Keek says something uh, similar. Uh, is that what happens when you drain people's humanity or whatever they were doing? Uh, so that could have been the case. Now, Rebecca, when you think if you drain somebody's humanity is the default then to, to lizard person, I guess is my question. Is lizard person the opposite of humanity? Is the opposite <laughs> of humanity lizard? Is that what I'm supposed to... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I would have connected that more to the Courage Totem because the Courage Totem, when they did that, that's when they had that iguana in the museum. Ooh, so I don't all, know if that it, could it be a connection. Connects. <laughs> we knew that that iguana was going to come back at some point. So we I don't know. That maybe was that was some reason. <laughs> that was some sort of after effect of the Courage Totem. But Leslie and Chad has the same question. You You lose your humanity and you become... A lizard? <laughs> I don't I think that's the best explanation that we've had so far is that maybe it's a reflection that they've lost their humanity, but in no way was that explained and it did no. not make any sense. I feel like it's also a little bit of, of a mean towards lizards. It's a little prejudicial. <gasps> yes. Thank you, Nicole. Mm-hmm. Nicole says this seems prejudicial against reptiles, just saying. And I agree. Like if you've ever been to a pet store or known somebody with like an iguana or something. They seem chill. I don't. I don't think see those iguanas trying to take ultimate power for themselves. It's not. <laughs> that's not an attribute that was commonly associated with reptiles. I think it's mostly sunning on a rock. I don't know that that's what they were up to. Yeah, they don't really do much except climb on walls and stuff. When I see them, uh, <laughs> let's see. Anthony in the chat says, uh, "Does losing your humanity make you become a lizard or turn black and white?" Because that's the thing. In the finale, they had people turning black and white, Pleasantville style, which was supposed to be like they were losing hope. 
So, which at I least don't made some, it was like a visual representation of an abstract concept, which I under, even though I thought it was like a little hokey, I understood it, right? I was like, okay, they're trying to tell the story visually because we don't know whether or not they're losing hope unless they do like the Charlie Brown, like sadly walking by. Like, <laughs> otherwise, I, you know, I don't know. What the lizard people, though, like, I don't immediately see like somebody who looks like a lizard and go, well, no humanity there. I'm well, like, why are you a lizard? <laughs> I mean, if we're going to play into the humanity thing, like, technically, they aren't humans. So I guess yeah. that is a way to do that. But that's not. But when we <laughs> saw people lose their humanity before with the humanity totem stuff, like they didn't those, turn into the, lizard people. Those people like, didn't turn into not lizard. a one turned into a lizard. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad we're taking a deep dive on the things that Yeah, <laughs> and it was kind of upsetting. I felt really bad for Peta Surgeon because she was rocking, you know, that that look with the black coat with the high collar the whole season. And then at the end, they turned her into a lizard person. I was like, that's a little disrespectful. <laughs> she's, she's a really nice and pretty lady. I don't know why she had to do that to her. She's looking great. She's like, she's serving us looks. How dare you? How dare you turn her into a lizard person? <laughs> I would have been so mad if I were her. I would be like, what are you doing to me? I've been trying to look good all season. <laughs> look at how much eyeshadow I have on. It's all for you. <laughs> uh, that's CM Gutierrez 74 said, I'm willing to bet the exposition scene explaining the lizard faces got cut. And honestly, uh, like a part of me feels that as well. Like it, it didn't, at least it did not air in Canada to the best of my knowledge. Maybe I was gonna say maybe it was in the better Canadian <laughs> version of the, but it could be in the better Canadian version of the show, like somewhere in that show. Maybe Canada was like, oh yeah, do you you guys miss the lizard people episode? <laughs> it was all explained. It was exp there was a meticulous setup in the Canadian <laughs> version of the show. It made perfect sense to us. <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, we're just never gonna know. I guess. Um, okay, so our next tweet is from at Kaya underscore Matsui, who says, I have weird feelings about this finale, but there were some good moments. The best was having Kat Grant back so she could help Kara find her truth. Lena looked fantastic. I'm so happy she is rich again. <laughs> <laughs> so is Lena. Uh, I loved this show so much. I just, I just wish the powers that be loved it too. Thank you for everything. Um, at K Kyle one said one of the best parts is that cat calls her Kira, but refers to her indirectly as Kara. Uh, at Frank tall inverter says cat grant was ace wedding was nice. Supergirl's ending was good. The rest of the episode felt much like the rest of seasons five through six and didn't work. They really couldn't even try to make it look like Supergirl was useful beyond hope speeches. Mm. Yeah. Uh, at Lynn Workman said, when this show gets it right, they really get it right. But when they get it wrong, they really get it wrong. <laughs> uh, lots of great feel good moments. But do the showrunners writers have selective memories when it comes to previous episodes, characters and science? Uh, I kept asking Nikki and the TV, why couldn't we have gotten this that before? There were so many things that made the show great in this finale that I would have forgiven some plot misses and contradictions if this hadn't been the end. So many missed story opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. At SL Fricky said, Hope. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> eh? <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that that was just all sound effects. <laughs> yeah, me too. Zing, bang. <laughs> uh, evil Red Tornado again. They they use the Justice League ending to beat Nixley and Lex. Nixley should have used her powers to turtlefy Jimmy. Did Kara's speech really make the history books? Or just her Wikipedia page in the Hope Speeches section. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine if Superman had appeared for this exchange. Mon, nice suit. Clark, yes, I know it is. Leaves. I assume that's a reference to the fact that Monel's super suit looks like the Superman suit with just no S shield on it. Like it has the shield, but it doesn't have an S. So I assume that's what he's talking about there. Yeah, I would I would guess that it's because they they do look a little bit similar. It's just weird. They never explain that either. Where Monel has this super suit, he has the placement of where the S shield should be, <laughs> but there is no S shield. It's just there. It's just like a like a like a shield outline. It was it's, like a temp Superman suit that they were like, "Well, let's just repurpose this bad boy." <laughs> <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing. They they never uh, explain that. I feel like he should have had like a giant. Uh, I was going to say he should have had a giant M for Monel, but that's not right. That's not correct. What he should have had was a giant sliding scale uh, on, <laughs> on his chest. And then depending on how uh, good or bad he was being in the episode, he would just kind of adjust. Like, no, it would be, it would just be like a, a would, Rorschach yeah, mask just... where it would just be depending on what other people are feeling about him that day. <laughs> it would just automatically like, magically scale down or up or it's like pinocchio's nose where like if he's a jerk (laughs) it just goes to negative it's (laughs) negative you're being a real mon negative today monel i'm sorry (laughs) i hate that they made the suit this way (laughs) uh um at the Dave M. Jones said, can't say I loved it. Parts were great, but this season was a disappointment for me. Maybe my expectations were too high. I did love the callbacks to season one and Lex being in the Phantom Zone is an interesting place and ending for him. But it's not enough to save the season. Uh, at String TD said, or Stringed TD said, uh, I'm making the conscious choice to forget everything before Cat Grant entered. <laughs> I'm actually really happy with Cars ending. Wish it wasn't shoehorned into five minutes, but I'll take the last good thing from the show that I can. Thanks for everything, Rebecca and Morgan. Uh, at Antony Nia said, this was an adequate finale, and I suppose it was the best we could expect from such a messy final season. At least Megan got a mention, and I always <laughs> love watching James hand out cameras like they're going out of fashion. <laughs> Question. Does William's girlfriend know he's dead? Um, sh- I'm. Sh- I assume she does. She's in Canada. She's really real. Now they couldn't. <laughs> they couldn't find her when they tried to look her up to tell her about it. But I'm sure that's just because like her Facebook is private because she's a really private person and she's completely real and not fictional or made up in any way. <laughs> that, that's that's the the positive way to look at that. The 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 sadder aspect of that is that. He just lied and she's, there is no Mary. And he just died with, like, when you think about it like like that, like, maybe he just died and nobody loved him. Oh, William. Uh, Everybody who loves Bake Off loved you. (laughs) (laughs) So I would like to believe that Mary is real. She really does live in Canada and she just couldn't make it for the She just couldn't make it. She was so busy. Maybe she was on the season. 
Oh my God. This is what happened. Okay. <laughs> she, I, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix this. She was in, she's on the next season of the great British bake off. She's <gasps> currently in the tent. She's competing. She's at the quarter final. <laughs> That's serious. It's, it's, it's serious. She's almost through. She's almost through to the <laughs> finale. She's so close. She could taste it. And so she's not allowed her phone. She's not allowed contact with the outside world. She's just in a bubble in the English countryside, like petting a deer and having us <laughs> having some tea. And she's going to, it's going to be devastating when she wins the season and comes and um, opens her phone and sees all those notifications. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> But she's going to be like, you know what, William, I did this one for you. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's going to pour one out for William, and in which case she's pouring out tea from like a very dainty cup. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, At Enemy of the Shoe said the last 10 seconds of the finale was the start of a storyline I would have wanted to see. In my head, I am going to pretend that the finale to season two and that was the finale to season two. And the show was canceled. Um, at Laura Redenbrow said, best parts, Cat Grant. Cara didn't die. She didn't go to the future and abandon all her loved ones. Lex got what he deserved. They spent a good amount of time on the, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Bunsen, is everything okay? <laughs> He's so loud right now. He's like just screaming into the void. <laughs> Okay, he looks fine. I think he's just screaming. He's just okay. screaming. He okay. had a lot of feelings about it as well. He was screaming about them. Okay, uh, maybe we should reread Laura Redenbaum. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Uh, at Laura Redenbaum said, best parts, Cat Grant, Cara didn't die. She didn't go to the future and abandon all her loved ones. Lex got what he deserved. They spent a good amount of time on the wedding and implied happy endings for our major characters. Worst part, cutting reception scenes for commercial greed which I agree um, at changing 206 said, I loved it. Cat back was fantastic. Lillian back. Great. Alex's mom was back. Yes. So fun. The song with Wynn and Cara, I started to like Nixley and was sad to see her go. Lex was defeated. I did not like the end where it seems like Cara is no longer weird. Confused. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, Cara, Cara is there. And she's still doing things. I don't know if it if the tweet was talking about maybe feeling like Car was no longer needed. Maybe, maybe because I sort of felt like that too. Because I was like, are they implying that like Supergirl doesn't need to be around anymore? Uh, it was kind of some of that was a little hard to understand. So I, I will I will give at changing a two zero six that. Um, at Mari23, uh, Fonseca, uh, said, I'm going to try to hold on to the nice moments that happened, even though they feel weird, out of place, and not earned, and make peace with it. But these episodes were definitely not the best, especially if you start thinking too much. Which that's, we have done. That's and never going to be helpful for this show. That's no. never, ever going to happen. <laughs> uh, at Kenny Crayley said, a good series finale of Supergirl, despite some inconsistencies overall. It went out on a high note. I give it a three and a half out of five. Uh, at Snyder V, the CW said, the ending for Kara was perfect. And at uh, Run Me My Money, please. Said, I, love, I love that name. It's a good name. <laughs> uh, feel, I feel like it's maybe like, like directed at uh at the flash like run, 
run it to me. But it could be, <laughs> but it could be car as well. She's also very she, fast. She's maybe, maybe faster. faster. Maybe faster. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, at run me my money, please. Said I loved Car's ending. Car did have a good ending. I thought she did have a good some ending. of the the weird lizard people faces happening. <laughs> that <laughs> so, wasn't great. That no. wasn't great, admittedly. But Cara's ending was good. Cara specifically was good. All right. So our first email comes from Sophia, who writes, quote, the last episode, Cara, was so amazing. I was afraid that they would mess it up, but Cat Grant just made it for me, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. I really <laughs> hoped they would make Cara fly to her parents on Argo and maybe find Monel. Sigh. Well, I hoped. Chris and Jeremy showed up. I'm so happy, but I thought Monel would stay for the wedding and a uh, cry face <laughs> emoji. Why does Lena have to change all of her style because she is a witch now? That's a, <laughs> this is a great question. Listen, she invested a lot in all those hot topic outfits when she found out she was a witch and she's not returning them. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird that she didn't go more like a uh, uh, witch in the woods for the wedding. Like she I didn't know. have her curly hair. She didn't have her like Elizabeth Walsh hair. That that did seem a little strange. She went sort of like high fashion vampire witch for the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> was more of a gothic vibe. Like a um, instead of what what I kind of more enjoyed, which was like her Stevie Nicks wick, witch <laughs> outfit looks, where like the hair was free flowing yeah, and the yeah. outfits were getting a little loosey goosey. I thought that by the end of the season, she would just be basically like just wrapped in like a series of scarves. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I think should have happened at the wedding, but they went in a different direction. Uh, so continuing on with Sophia's email, uh, it just uh, ends. Thank you so much, Supergirl Radio, for being there and making me laugh. Really think about what I am watching and love this show even more. Well, you're welcome, Sophia. Thank you for listening to Supergirl Radio. So Mike from St. Louis uh, uh, wrote in to ask, with Supergirl ending, will the podcast end too or will you keep going? With other DC sh movies and shows on the horizon and Supergirl's connections with them, I hope there's more topics to discuss. There are. You're in luck. <laughs> we haven't planned all those episodes out yet, uh, but stay tuned. Supergirl Radio is not going anywhere. There's lots of Supergirl stuff to discuss. Boy, uh, do we have a podcast for you. <laughs> <laughs> so if you like Supergirl, keep listening to us because we will keep talking about her. All right. Well, Daryl sent us some questions and thoughts about the series finale, writing, quote, I think it's a little unfair that even in the last episode, we didn't get an intro. Why, and then uh, also here are some of the questions. Why keep Kenny Lee alive in the prom episodes, but not bring him to the present? That's a good question. <laughs> good question. Uh, why reveal to the audience that Eve was manipulated by Lex to kill Jeremiah, but keep the characters in the dark? Also a great question that was never addressed again. I had uh, hoped that that was going to come back around, but it, that it never, ever did. I don't even think that Eve was in this season at all. Like, not even an episode, I don't think. I don't think so. That's pretty upsetting, because I did like Eve Dasmucker. I did, I did enjoy her, and then we didn't really get anything more of her. What's, what's Baker doing? Is he just sitting he was, there? He was just, he was just staring at me. And so I thought that I would just adjust the camera so that he could have his, well, you had to look up to have your moment, bud. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he just 
wanted his presence to be known, his opinion to be valued, and then he's going to go back to his business. He's, he's like, please, please, no more publicity. <laughs> okay, so getting back to Daryl's email, uh, he writes, uh, quote, I was pretty disappointed not to see Emra come back. Yeah, they didn't even mention Emra when Monel was there. I thought maybe she would be the reason that he... He couldn't stay and was saying goodbye forever, but um, never again, never again. <laughs> uh, I will never see you in this lifetime because Imra, my wife is, uh, we are still married. I thought that would be his excuse, but it wasn't. Uh, Daryl goes on to say, quote, uh, the way Lex and Nixley went out was such a joke. They had them built up by this to be this giant threat. And yet the super friends didn't even have a hand in their ultimate defeat. We all know the relationship between Car and Alex is the very heart of the show, yet they have the nerve to make us wait half a season for a sister scout scene. They really gave Kara coming out to the world story in the last 10 minutes like the story couldn't have been fleshed out over its own season. Since when has being editor-in-chief been Kara's dream job? I don't know why Kara has forgotten this, but you can empower the people through the media. Kara has power as a reporter, but they always have her constantly forgetting that. I love Kara, but it is pure arrogance to have so many heroes in the world and still think it all has to fall on your shoulders. I don't quite buy that the last uh, I don't quite buy that last minute explanation of why Kara didn't pass the courage gauntlet. Is Andrea going to tell everyone about her hand in William's death or was her asking Lena if she was a, is a monster just about it? It's a way past time. Cat Grant is the owner of Catco again. James and Andrea were not what the company needed. Uh, Daryl goes on to say, I'm glad that Kat finally told Car she knows the truth about her secret identity. She revealed she knew the truth back in season one, but it didn't go so well when she had her suspicions confirmed later and she knew to keep it to herself. I don't like Kat constantly getting Car's name wrong on purpose. It's not cute or fun. It's just disrespectful. Is Jean going to give up his PI business to help run the DEO? He might as well, since he never did much with it anyway. I had the <laughs> feeling that Jean's speech at the can at the uh, dancing wedding could have applied to Sanders as a couple too. Yeah, uh, the PI business thing, like just they just completely forgot about that. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, Daryl ends the email saying, where is Kelly and, and James's mom? We never got to see her meet Alex or Esme, and that would have been nice. Uh, yeah, that was oh, kind of strange. I forgot that their mom was, like, around. <laughs> I think so. I think just their dad died. I think uh, so. I think you're right. It, I just, they never bothered to cast her, I guess. <laughs> no, well, that would have been nice to see Kelly's mom at her wedding, uh, you could have been a, a fun storyline at some point during the during this last season to yeah. see Kelly's mom and have her meet her grandchild. But eh, I mean, you got you could... lizard people to focus on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it be a cool episode of Kelly's mom and Alex's mom had to do something together? Like that would have been imagine. Fun. What if they didn't get along, but then they eventually had to learn to like like solve a problem together, like get out of a shenanigan. What a fun time that would have been. <laughs> that would have been so nice. Uh, Daryl goes on to say, quote, I love Lena's wedding outfit, Luther Purple. The reference to Supergirl the movie made no sense in the context of the scene. Refresh my memory, but I don't remember her, her having a shotgun in it, unquote. Uh, yeah, Daryl, I agree. That uh, line made no sense, even if it uh, hit all of the, the buttons you needed uh, <laughs> for nostalgia purposes. It did not make sense. Uh, that movie was truly a wild ride, and yet there was no shotgun that I remember in it. And believe me, there were some weird things in that movie. <laughs> uh, 
correction corner <laughs> like oh, we okay. have on legends um but leslie says that eve's last episode was episode two a few good women so oh. she was in this season but barely what was she doing i don't remember her doing anything i don't i guess she um she she testified against oh leslie oh, said Eve testified against oh that makes sense yeah i totally forgot about that trial at the beginning where lex somehow got himself Awesome. I object. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That feels like such a long time ago. Yeah, we were so much younger then. We were so much younger then. Full of hope. <laughs> wow. Wow. That was a long time ago. Okay. Well, thank you, chat, for uh, was that Leslie? Thank you, Leslie, for um uh reminding us about that. Um, so Kathleen from Australia writes, I've been listening to your podcast each week since season two. Oh my goodness. That's so nice. Sorry it took so long to write in. Uh, it's been a joy to listen to and a much-needed distraction at work when I see it's available. Just wanted to say thanks for your dedication to the series and during the hiatuses to provide Supergirl content. I was pretty happy with the finale overall. I squealed when I saw they had got Callista Flockhart back as Cat, as I didn't think that was going to happen. But when Supergirl can loan Kyler Lee... Um, and a terrible Lexi wig to Grey's Anatomy through green screen, then anything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> the green screen, Cat uh, Grant made this finale episode so much more. Love the dance and wedding. Sad about Lillian. I wasn't sure about all the returnees and if they would fit back in, but they did. Space Dad is going to be a Space Dad. Love the <laughs> love the Cara Lena scene at the end. The gay night Cara coming out as Supergirl to the world with Cat uh, with Cat without needing to see the interview. Only Cara smile was the perfect ending. Yeah, thank you for uh, writing in, Kathleen, for listening to Super Radio over these many years. Uh, thanks for going on that ride with us. All right, well, Ricky sent us an email writing, quote, Hello, Supergirl Radio. Congrats. You've made it to the end of this very interesting show. I have quite a few thoughts on the series finale I'd like to share. Uh, and this is his uh, bullet post. Uh, bullet point list. Uh, I hate that the super friends had no part in Nixley and Lex's defeat. They stood there and were like, golly gee, Lex, don't open that portal to the <laughs> phantom zone. And he was like, no, if anything, and this is in all caps, if anything, the president should be awarding either those phantoms or Lex for bringing about his own defeat. It would be kind of amazing if the, if the president was like, here is an award. And he like puts it over the phantoms and neck and the phantom <laughs> like, <laughs> just like the end of uh, star Wars, a new hope. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, so Ricky goes on to say, let's be honest. Monel, Wynn, and James were not needed in that final battle. Did Nixley start to love Esme? Is that how she got the love totem? I think so. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, some more thoughts. They really, uh, they really barely talked about how uh, about William. He was just dead on the floor of the tower. Yeah, it was not a great look. Uh, yeah. uh, where they put they put that tarp over him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's as far as I got there. Dark. Uh, yeah, uh, Ricky uh, asked this question for Morgan. Did you catch the Legends slash Fates reference? They also uh, also literally said, uh, I might be pronouncing Clotho. these wrong. Clotho. Lachesis? How do you say that? Lachesis, I think. Lachesis and uh, Atropo by name. First totems and now Fates? Uh, so Morgan, did you did you also I, make that connection? I did catch that while I was watching, and I was like, uh, "You guys, it's nice that like you love legends, but 
this seems like a little bit much after all the totem talk. But yeah, like totems were in Legends season two, I believe. And uh, season five... Mm, five was all um was all about the fates it turned out that uh, spoiler alert if you haven't watched but it turns out one of the characters on legends is actually one of the three fates um that's trying to sort of like break the whole fate based system and so yeah it was it was uh it was really funny to see them name drop the fates uh in the same season that they were all also looking for totems so i was like Okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Emma says it's uh, pronounced Lachesis, so I guess so. Uh, I guess we'll go with that. Uh, so Ricky goes on to say they never explained why Lex and Nixley turned into monsters, and then they just weren't later. Yeah, we'll <laughs> never know. Uh, Ricky goes on to say you guys are right about how about this show and how it should have been called Super Friends since season five. The series finale was literally titled Kara, but it wasn't about Kara until its last few minutes. And then this is all, all, all in caps. We got three Cat Grant sightings. Thank God they weren't spoiled beforehand. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't get out. Uh, and then uh, one last advice to Kira. I'm actually kind of surprised Cat uh, didn't call her Kara. Because I'm pretty I, sure, I, I sure she knew she was Kara at that point. And for an episode titled Kara... I would have been nice. I would have thought it would be like Kira until like maybe the final interaction. And then she's like, Kara, like I, I finally have bothered to learn your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Ricky goes on to say the dance and wedding was everything. Uh, unpopular fandom opinion. I am okay that Kara didn't end up with anyone. She and Lena definitely had chemistry, but the writers obviously weren't going to go there. Uh, Ricky also says, uh, not going to lie, I cringed when Orlando led the citizens to help in the final battle, even though they really didn't need to. Yeah, the citizens, I don't I'm, I don't know the, what they were The citizens doing. weren't really involved, but they did do their Pleasantville thing, and they became, uh, they went from black and white to color, so that was important for some reason. You know, good, good for them. Good for them to They believed to in do themselves. Something. Yeah, <laughs> they, they gave each other hope. I guess that's the point. Uh, Ricky also says, Jean needs to get Magan out of Esme's wall first before they think about it having kids. <laughs> also, I don't think one should be necessarily spouting information about the future this much. And uh, Ricky ends the bullet points with, also, Lex still isn't dead, crying emoji. Uh, and Ricky ends the email with, overall, despite my comments, I'm pretty satisfied with the ending. I wish the show's final season actually focused on its titular character, but I guess it's too late to complain too much now. I hope you ladies have enjoyed the series as much as you can, and I hope you continue on in some way uh, in the DC TV podcast universe. Hope to listen to you more, Rebecca, and see you, Morgan, back over on Legends. Stay super unquote. So I I have a correction about the show that I podcast about and have for the last six years. <laughs> Mar Mark says the totems were actually season three. Season two of Legends was the Spear of Destiny. So, whoops. Uh, <laughs> but I was close. I was within one season of knowing the right answer, and I feel like I should get credit for that. Well, you're you have you have uh, multiple shows in it, in, a, in your mind. It's a lot to juggle. It's, it's, it's a, a lot, lot to juggle. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Sam sent us an email writing, listening to your podcast for the last several weeks. 
I've been left with an impression that you have both been feeling increasingly down on the show as it marched towards its demise. Conversely, Michael Bailey, an occasional co-host guest on your podcast and Supergirl episode reviewer for the Superman homepage, seems to have been enjoying the final season more as it went along. Just as a rough indicator from the from episode th- uh, 613 to 618, he awarded ratings out of five of three, four, 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 five, and five. A couple of weeks ago, I started wishing that he had been guesting on your podcast for the last few episodes so that you guys could drill down as to why you felt so differently from each other and see if there was any room to meet in the middle. Uh, and so, Morgan, I want to speak to this because uh, I've I've just recently saw Michael Bailey at Dragon Con. So uh, Michael's been a, a, a friend of the pod for a very long time. And I, I'm, I'm personally a huge, big fan of Michael Bailey and uh, what he does with all of his podcasts and all his shows. Uh, and if he's doing a panel at Dragon Con, you bet I am there. <laughs> I, like he did a he did a panel at Dragon Con this year on Crisis on Infinite Earths. I was there front and center and it was amazing. Uh, so I recommend uh, people checking out Michael Bailey's stuff. But uh, to speak to this email, because we are two different people, Michael Bailey and me, and even <laughs> and even with even with you, Morgan, uh, you oh and I are different. My you and Michael are going to be different because we are different people with different ways of approaching the material. We're probably going to come away with different out, uh, outlooks on the show and outlooks on uh, this uh, this this fandom and these these characters that we discuss. And for me personally, in fact, he and I disagree on a great many things relating to the Superman family. And he would tell you the same thing. We've talked about this because uh, I think we do approach things a little bit differently when we review uh, comics, TV shows and, and films. Uh, but the great thing I love about talking about these things with Michael Bailey is that we have a respect for each other that allows uh, us to disagree in civil ways. So I, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that Michael really enjoyed the final season. I haven't really kept up with his stuff because I try not to listen to other people's thoughts about the Supergirl TV show like while I'm trying to talk about it myself because I don't want other people to influence what I think. Yeah, uh, so I do the I, same thing. I don't really, I don't read reviews so much for the season or anything like that. I could say it's laziness <laughs> <laughs> or I could say it was a purposeful choice. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> that direction. Yeah, so I, I didn't I didn't know what Michael was was feeling about the, the show here in the, the latter part of, of the show. So I, I'm glad to hear he enjoyed the, the final season. Uh, but I honestly, I think it's fair the, the way that we've critiqued the show because I think we really approached it from a writing standpoint and a character standpoint. Um, and even from uh, the way that the show was trying to uh, construct its season uh, and seasons, I guess, for the last couple of seasons. So uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with the way we uh, critiqued it and went about uh, discussing it. So it's just kind of I, I think for a lot of people, I mean, I have my set standards for how I review something, uh, but some people do it a little differently. I think I don't want to speak for Michael, but in the, the conversations that I've had with him, sometimes I think he's led by how did this make me feel? And some, some, you know, people sometimes approach it that way. Did this make me feel happy? Did it make me feel excited? Uh, did I enjoy watching this? Sometimes that's how people review things. For me personally, I don't know how you feel about this, Morgan, but I'm mm-hmm. more, I'm, I'm more approach it from like a, did the scenes make sense? Did the dialogue <laughs> make sense? Is the storytelling uh, cohesive? Are the character arcs good? Those are the kind of things I look at. I think I think for me at least 
Uh, good character work can wallpaper over a lot of plot holes or like plot inconsistencies or things that don't quite hang together well. Like I wasn't really in Supergirl for the plot, let's be honest. <laughs> Um, but I, I did like the characters and, you know, I always liked the characters. So I think that if Supergirl had had a season where the plot was just like legit a mess, but the character stuff was really strong and really solid, I think I would be an apologist over here going like, well, they were lizard people, but, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but unfortunately, at least in my opinion, this is how I feel is that the, the, the final season didn't do a great job with a lot of the character stuff either. Um, the character arcs didn't always feel consistent or like they had a through line or as if they were building to something. Um, so sometimes you'd get a really great character episode and then you wouldn't see that character again for another couple episodes or, uh, car, like the fact that Kara, who is the main character of the show, it felt like she was kind of floundering for much of the season and there wasn't a lot of momentum in her story. I think if they had just given me a really great Supergirl story, I think I could have, hand waved a lot of stuff from the plot perspective but when the character stuff isn't super strong and the plot stuff is a literal mess then i have to be like well why doesn't this show ever make sense from scene to scene yeah i i think that's a a good way to approach it is you know you you can give it a little grace but i think sometimes when you know when things stick out, sometimes you got to say something as, as a reviewer. That's my opinion on it anyway. And it's unfortunate that we haven't been able to have Michael on a Supergirl radio in a while, but he, he podcasts at the same time that we do. And so it's just physically not possible <laughs> <laughs> within space and time. So, uh, so maybe sometime when, uh, when things line up in the future sometime, maybe we can have him back on because it would be nice to hear, you know, his thoughts about what he thinks about the show and about Supergirl. So uh, sometime in the future, maybe. But unfortunately, I think because of our conflicts, it just uh, hasn't been possible. Yeah, but I think it would be nice in the future to to have him on if he's if we can make the schedules and the stars align, because I would love to hear like a more a more hopeful a take on uh, on this season because this one I had a, a tough time with, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> um, okay, so back to Sam's email. Uh, for myself, I generally consume my media with fairly low expectations, occasionally ending up pleasantly surprised and rarely disappointed. My ability to get hyped for shows and movies was mostly killed off in the early to mid-2000s. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, by Smallville, Star Trek, Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> and Smallville will do it to you. <laughs> L- listen, Sam, you know what? You and I were on the same page, aren't we, buddy? <laughs> I think Smallville broke a little piece of us as well. Um, <laughs> such a great way to put it. Uh, and the return of Doctor Who in 2005. With none of those series turning out to be what I wanted, was hoping for, I learned to take shows and movies for what they are, rather than expect the stories I was coming up with in my own head to be presented to me. As a result, I try to appreciate something for what it is rather than focus on missed opportunities such as No Director Bones or Comet the Super Horse. And Sam, I just want to clarify this part of the email because I do have a question about this because 
it seems like it's coming across and this may be just me misreading the email, but is it coming across as if we are down on the final season of Supergirl because it didn't give us director bones or comment the super horse? Uh, because seeing those characters on screen would have been very exciting and Amazing. I would have loved it uh, as, a, <laughs> as a way to add to and expand Supergirl's mythology. But I, you know, I don't want to speak for you, Morgan, but I think, <laughs> our problems with the season were based on what we were given. We, we took it for what it was and we critiqued it that way. Not really necessarily like we joke about that stuff, but we don't, we don't base our opinion about the show about stuff that they don't give us that we wish we could have had. So I just want to clarify that because I don't think it's fair to say necessarily that we have been critical of the show because it's not what we want it to be. I think we've actually been critical of the show because of what we've seen of analyzing the stories, the storylines, the writing and what the characters have been doing. So that's, I think more of how we approached it. So I, I don't, I don't know. I just wanted to clarify that with the email. Yeah. I, I try my best usually to try to like kind of meet the show where it is like meet it at its level and try to like, look at it from what it's presenting us. But I do, I will say, I think as we've liked the way that it's going less, maybe we've been pitching more of uh, alternate wacky ideas because we're like, well, here it's, you could do this right here. It is you possible. Could, you could do that right there. Like, why did you choose, why did you choose X, Y, and Z? You know, I think as the story kind of, felt like at least to me like it went off the rails i think maybe we talked about just to have something positive to talk about like what <laughs> if they brought in nasty luther how great would that be instead of having to be like so rama khan he's he uses the dirt <laughs> i mean god love rama khan one of my favorites in season we do, five we, we are pro rama khan <laughs> we're rama fans here but uh <laughs> i think we always tried to like really look at the show and what the show is presenting us to the best of, and we have fun with these little like, what if they did this from the comics, and what if they did that? What if they had snapper snapping? But I mean, I think that kind of stuff goes, you know, to talk about you know, Comet the Super Horse or Director Bones. Like we had Snap Watch way back in season two when Snapper literally never snapped, never not uh, once. And we like that season a lot, you know? So we, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we've been doing this crazy stuff the whole time. <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> it did feel validating because uh, recently in the, in the last week, <laughs> Eric, Eric Carrasco, who used to be a writer on the show, uh, uh, replied to Super Radio on Twitter and asked, uh, I never did uh, make a snapper car snap for you. And I was like, no, you never did. <laughs> uh, so it was kind of validating that a writer on the show remembered that Super Radio wanted snapper to snap we forgave him <laughs> we'll forgive him this That's one. all right man this one all time. Right. <laughs> i just hope that if he writes about dc characters in the future and he includes snapper car that he'll he'll give a snapper snap i think he's got a bright future and that sometime in the future he's gonna have like a whole stars are series on like <laughs> hbo max and it's gonna be like like constant snapping. <laughs> I think that's how he makes it up to us. No, I, I, I would accept that. I can't wait for the season about his robot hands, Eric. <laughs> uh, back to Sam's email. Um, for the most part, I felt the second half of this final season has been fairly strong. And now that the series finale has aired, I think it mostly managed to stick the landing. The first half of the season was pretty weak, unfortunately, and drags my overall rating of the season down. 
There were issues with the finale, but for the most part, it was pretty good. However, there were two major disappointments for me. The first was that it left me hanging. Cara Danvers came out to the world as Supergirl and is now the editor-in-chief of CatCo. I want to see that story play out. Don't leave me hanging, show. Uh, this is a storyline that has always intrigued me and rarely gets explored in a positive way in the comics. I seem to recall that in the sequel to the Kingdom Come comic, Superman had outed himself as Clark Kent and was still maintaining a civilian life before he got murdered by Go uh, Gog? Gog, yeah. Okay, good. Didn't want to mess that up. Uh, <laughs> I was always intrigued by the glimpse we got of a civilian Clark Kent using his powers openly whilst working alongside regular humans. My second issue was how the Nixley and Lex storyline wrapped up. Apart from the fact that the ending blatantly plagiarized Stefan Wolf's defeat from Josh Whedon's Justice League, I felt that it was far too cruel an end for Nixley. A large part of the reason she is the villain that she is comes from being trapped and tortured by the Phantom Zone for centuries with nothing to keep her going but thoughts of revenge. Even towards the end of the series, Nixley demonstrated redeemable qualities. Nixley probably wasn't redeemable and needed to be restrained forever protection but i don't think it was justice for her to be sent back to the phantom zone send lex there for all i care but find a better way to deal with <laughs> nixley <laughs> i will also say that i appreciated that lex's love for nixley was so shallow that all it took was her rejection of him for him to turn on her <laughs> meaning that it was probably always something more like infatuation or obsession than the real thing i never really felt the chemistry between the characters and the final turn of the relationship was much more satisfying uh, i don't really have a strong feeling one way or the other on this except that bringing back lillian just to kill her off felt fairly perfunctory it felt like clearing out the trash before moving house like the writers felt that due to the series ending lillian was a loose end that needed tidying up. I suppose it brought some resolution for Lena's character and her overall relationship with Lillian, but that's about it. Overall, I think the series finale was pretty good and can't wait to hear you guys talk about it. Yeah, and uh, we talked about it a long time, so hopefully that was uh, satisfying <laughs> to listen to. Uh, well, Mark sent us an email writing, quote, Hi, ladies. First, I'd like to thank you both, as well as Teresa Giacino, Carly Lane, Andy Babact, and everyone else who has made this podcast such an excellent place to hang out for the past six-plus seasons. Yeah, we're going to have to maybe try to find a way to get uh, Teresa and Carly back on to talk about Ooh, the show. Ooh, that'd be fun. I don't know how we'll do that. I don't know if we can get them on the Colin show or not, but uh, I think that would be... Uh, We've, we've talked about that before, but maybe this is a good time now that the show's ended. Uh, Marx uh, continues to say, uh, you have been an absolute joy to listen to and have lightened up many a commute, not to mention my Saturday trips to the comic store where when I usually seem to have you on as well. I know you aren't planning on going anywhere, but thanks very much for all you have given us so far. And then Mark goes on to say, it occurred to me a while ago that I think the quest for the totems was originally intended to give both uh, both us and Kara a chance to examine her through the lens of the virtues the totems represented. Courage, humanity, hope, love, truth, dream, and destiny. Of course, it didn't work out that way because somewhere along the line, the show became an ensemble and we had to care about all the other super friends who had been introduced. But I'll give them some credit for the thought that counts. Uh, and then Art goes on to say a few thoughts about uh, while watching the finale. Well, and I guess before we get to that, I will say what Mark just said there about how the totems could represent something about Supergirl. That would have been really cool to see. I don't yeah. know that it did that. I, I, uh, maybe that's where they were going with it. I don't know that they got there with it. Um, it, yeah, it would have been cool though. I, I like it in theory. I, I was more neutral on it in practice. 
Yeah, I think that would have been cool the way Mark was describing it. All right, so Mark has a few thoughts while watching the finale. Uh, the first one is, leaving aside the idea that we could build a satellite that would dim the sun for six months or <laughs> one of modest size that could grab enough sunlight to darken an entire large city when Carl was being blasted by that satellite and listening to all the cries of the people below, I would have loved a Carl, what are you doing? Voiceover from a Tyler Hecklin with Carl perhaps responding, I'm saving the world, Cal. One thing <laughs> I thought the show uh, always did well, post boots anyway, <laughs> he's, he's referring to the uh, the Superman boots in season one when they didn't show Superman. Oh, <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> so such a classic. Was showing Clark and Carr interacting like family in the, their scenes together. They seem like real cousins. Bringing Superman back in was one bit of fan service they didn't manage to slip into the final season. Yeah, that, that would have been really nice, actually. Uh, but they did not do that. Uh, Mark goes on to say the only in the movies joke may have been a bit awkward in its setup, but I chose to embrace it as it's full on Batman 66 level camp. And I legit laughed. Mark also says they literally use the same ending as Justice League. Yeah, a lot of people are noticing that. Uh, it's, uh, it's a shame, really, that any of us watch Justice League, but uh, <laughs> but it is what it is. Uh, the villains were swept away by the creatures they summoned who smelled their fear. Really lame, but with Lex in the Phantom Zone, I guess Superman and Lois can safely ignore him and completely uh, ignore him completely and use that as an excuse if they need to. Seeing the old season one villains during the battle was a nice callback, though. Mark also says, I really liked the bit with Eliza and Carr in the dressing room with Alex before the wedding. I remember the old days when Alex couldn't be around her mother without getting liquored up. What Eliza said to Alex in that scene was a really nice bit of closure for that whole thread. And I felt it was a reward to those of us who watched uh, those of us who watched all that play out over the years. Uh, Mark also says it was great seeing Kat again, but did the last word have to be hers in voiceover? I would have had Kat start her speech introducing Kara and then fade into Kara doing a reworked version of the my name is intro that would end with something like my adoptive name is Kara Danvers. My birth name is Kara Zorel. I am all of those. And you can also call me Supergirl. Uh, and Mark also says, oh, and I would have ended on a clear shot of Kara. Not that really grainy one. Uh, so uh, that's a, that's a kind of a good pitch for the end of the show. That could have been a nice uh, full circle with uh, the introduction. Uh, yeah, I think in a different way. Yeah, that would have been really fun if it was like the uh, the intro that we always used to get on the, the beginning of the show. Like the my name is Kara Zorel. That would have been really fun, actually. I would have been like full circle <laughs> <laughs> um electra wwf wrote us an email saying hi supergirl radio here are some thoughts on the finale i think the best thing about it was the dance and wedding and the return of cat grant the other stuff eh, not so much so many questions so few answers <laughs> one how did lex get to the 31st century in the first place never explained and Never explained. And where did Overgirl, Red Tornado, and the others come from? Could Lex just make people magically appear from alternate Earths that were supposedly destroyed? That's a great question. That's a great, great question. Why did Brainy have this Legion crown just sitting on the desk behind him? I know it's an homage to the uh, the Bendis boot, but that was kind of random. Uh, why was this never used before? Why did Lex and Nixley turn into lizard people? <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to headcanon that this wasn't Brainiac 5 that came back for the wedding, but one of the evil Brainiacs hijacking his body and playing a long con. Because 
our Brainiac 5 wouldn't just say Sprock logic and just let the big brain and his people die without some alternate plan to save it, his people. Not to mention quitting the Legion and saying that the future isn't written yet. The future which he is from. (laughs) Just to be with his future teammate's ancestor. R.I.P. Nura. Too bad you don't exist anymore. That would actually uh, be a cool way to go about that if it was an evil brainiac who showed up at the wedding. Like, we'll, we'll never see that story play out, but that's, that's it. To me, that's better than like brainy deciding to screw all the other Kaluans and the, the big brain and just <laughs> sacrificing all of them. All this stuff that they sort of set up that like he cares about the future and time travel and like his people. And then in the finale, they're like, Nah, we good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kara thought nothing of revealing her identity to the world and putting her family and friends at risk. As we saw would happen in the 100th episode. Instead of, oh, I don't know, joining the Legion where she doesn't have to hide. Let's not even get into the questionable ethical implications of Supergirl being the (laughs) editor-in-chief of CatCo. (laughs) I I would love it if it's like, you know, the, the... the coverage on Supergirl is so positive on Catco. It's just like, <laughs> ding! <laughs> like, you pick up a, a, an issue of Catco and you're like, ugh, another why is Supergirl the best listicle? Kara! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, uh, the mention of the 100th episode. Do you remember when Kara uh, let people know who she was and, like, everyone died? Yeah, yeah well, I was joking. I was just telling a... Uh, I think I was talking to the legendary ladies the other day about how like that hundredth episode was basically just a justification for the writers for their choice to like have car never tell Lena the secret. And that like anytime she would have told her secret, everyone dies. It's like, okay, but you can tell everyone the secret. It was just Lena that was going to cause all the mass death. <laughs> I guess so. I guess that's how we have to look at that. Cause that's how it played out. Lena's like, I love it. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> Lena's making another hope that night. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah they never uh we never got a reaction of <laughs> lena of cara telling the world she was supergirl uh that would be interesting to see what lena thought about that uh okay so nora wrote in to say quote hi i am a new l- uh, listener of supergirl radio i've only listened to, to for a few weeks now okay so new listener i am writing in because i laugh out loud during the snap judgments you keep mentioning anna and how she has changed the landscape of Snap Judgment. She, <laughs> she really has, Nora. She really has. Uh, and uh, Nora asks, uh, I have one. I have questions about Anna. Oh, this, this is great. I have questions oh. about Anna. Is she a real person or a secret <laughs> identity of one of you? Could someone <laughs> could someone summarize who Anna is? Could you make a compilation, a Supergirl radio special, of all her Snap Judgments so new listeners like me can catch up on the Anna lore? <laughs> I love that like, Anna needs her own like Supergirl radio Wikipedia page. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Nora. Uh, since Anna you are, is very real, I, we, yes. we must say she's actually been on the podcast before. <laughs> yeah, if uh, if you want to uh, learn more about Anna as a real person, uh, you can listen to our season six episode titled "Mixie in the Middle." She was our guest for that, um, and it's it's interesting. So for uh, Snap Judgments, just to kind of get bring you up for a quick recap, since you're a new listener to the show, Snap Judgments are a, a segment that we started back in season two based on our 
love of Snapper Carr. We actually did a character spotlight episode on him. If you're interested in that, highly rate it's one of our greatest episodes. Uh, so you definitely should check it out. Um, and uh, we started doing like lightning round questions for fun. And then once we started doing that, listeners started to send in snap judgments for us to make. And uh, one of them is Anna who, uh, as I repeat, is a real person. Um, <laughs> and Anna's snap judgments, the reason she sort of stood out uh, 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 you know, amongst the rest was that her snap judgments uh, took a more of a, a grim nature, a grim turn. But they were, be- <laughs> they were beautifully written, uh, but very angsty, very angsty narratives. Um, and so she really did change the landscape of uh, snap judgments as we know them. And if you want to hear more of Anna's snaps, we do have a montage of Anna's uh, snap judgments uh, that she sent in. So you can check out the 300th uh, the 300th episode of Supergirl Radio. Uh, we do have a little small compilation there for you to listen to. Probably for our 400th episode, we'll probably uh, work in the Fleur de Lis saga uh, yes. for that. So, <laughs> so we need to make a montage of that. Uh, so uh, we'll include uh, all these links in our video description. I think I've got them all in the video's description of this live stream and we'll add them to the audio podcast show notes if you want to check all those things out. And I would I'd have to say if you're if you're kind of just jumping in here and you're new that the the all the uh, centennial podcasts so <laughs> the hundredth the two hundredth and the three hundredth episodes are great ways to like catch up on weird inside jokes that we don't explain anymore because we're those people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> everyone knows this. It's like not everyone, um, but yeah. So because uh, Rebecca does a great job editing those together. And it like usually shows the evolution of the joke as it like it, it hits critical mass and then becomes annoying. <laughs> yeah, those those uh the centennial celebration episodes will uh, bring you up to speed over like you'll get a hundred episodes in about two three hours something like that. So uh, I put all the best bits, all of our best stuff, so that you can just listen to that and you get all the good stuff in there. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll have one of those, you know. I mean, not coming up soon, but it is. I mean, we're getting there to close to 400. So uh, we'll have another one uh, sometime in the future. Uh, but definitely go check those out. Um, sorry. Uh, Yvette sent us an email saying, hey, guys, I just wanted to write in with my thoughts on the finale. It was cool to see everyone back, but I did not like the first part. What bothered me the most was that Kara didn't get to defeat the final big bad. I'm sure the writers thought it was clever to have Lex and Nixley defeated by their own hubris, but that takes away Kara's agency and, as usual, diminishes her importance to the plot. Uh, Kat Grant makes everything better. I enjoyed her scenes with Kara, and it was nice to see someone concerned with just her. Love the moment with the OG super friends. I'm okay with Kara coming out. I wish it could have happened earlier, like an arrow, so we could see the ramifications, but that would require the writers to have a plot surrounding Kara. <laughs> Thanks so much for this podcast. It's been a great ride through the good times and the bad. Well, thanks for listening, Yvette. And uh, I I agree, I agree with the sentiment that uh, it was nice that Cat Grant really just cared about Kara. That was nice. <laughs> that to was see. nice. Yeah. Uh, well, Julia uh, wrote in to say, quote, the last gauntlet seemed like it spent a lot of time deciding what to do and mostly set up for Kara, uh, the finale episode. Poor Esme. She's been put through so much and did not deserve the trauma of getting kidnapped slash threatened with death. Uh, yeah. 
Esme went through a lot. Uh, Julia says, I didn't expect uh, Deus Ex Phantoms <laughs> and felt <laughs> it was a little anticlimactic. Uh, uh, anticlimactic. I always have a hard time with that word. But uh, episode highlights include, so these are the highlights from Julia. Uh, a last hurrah for Lillian Luther, honorary tiger mom. Brenda <laughs> Strong scenes with Katie and John have always been incredible. Eliza Danvers with the shotgun and giving off strong farm mom vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone reacting to Esme being adorable. Space Dad crying at the wedding. Cat Grant doing her thing. Let's not make ourselves sad by thinking about what would have, uh, uh, what the show would have and could have been if it's if she stayed on. Confirmation of my theory that the Courage Totem Gauntlet wanted Kara to come out of the super closet. It feels like winning. I'm happy that they <laughs> gave Kara more character development. Sure, it was in the last 20 minutes of the show, but I'll take what I can get. And her pep talk with Cat. Loved a uh, lovely throwback to season one and two to make it come full circle. Nia cheating at the bouquet toss. Brainy's dance moves. The two of them in general. The last Kara slash Alina scene. They played it safe, but it was okay. It was a little therapy-y, but Melissa and Katie did a good job with what they were given. I can't say I'm completely satisfied, but I can't say that I'm completely disappointed either. The status quo is preserved and yet left open to interpretation. A quasi-romantic slash queer platonic relationship with music, lighting, and cinematography that is normally used for romantic interests. Neither of them died, so progress for the CW? <laughs> Condolences if anyone here is a Supernatural fan. I'm sad to admit that's where the bar was for me. And then uh, Julia says, I'm happy Cara stays in the present with her uh, present with her found family goes back to reporting with a uh, better work-life balance and came out of at least one closet it's been quite a ride el mayara unquote so thank you julia for writing in a user named 999 overpowered wrote in to say what an episode of supergirl i can't believe that the show is finished the show has really made use of all the characters really well throughout the last six years and i have to say that my favorite moment of the entire show was the og super friends chatting about that old catco office where they had their og deo <laughs> <laughs> glad to see alex and Kara couch scenes because we really needed it it's going to take a while but i know we will get over Supergirl being gone. What was your favorite moment of the show? I'm really going to miss the show, and I hope that they use the characters throughout other shows. Going to miss you guys, but hopefully you create a podcast about Mr. Bones. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bones Radio. Uh, I'll tune in for it. <laughs> yeah, uh, so we aren't going anywhere. Just want to reemphasize that for anyone listening. We're still to here. This. We are still going to be podcasting about Supergirl. We'll do uh, so so many more episodes uh, in the future. Uh We'll definitely probably do an episode on Mr. Slash Director Bones, probably when uh, his appearances line up on Stargirl. So we'll probably do something before. Uh, I think that's going to be Stargirl season three. So we'll we'll do a character spotlight on him and have a little fun with uh, with Bones there. Um, and so just to answer the question here in this email, do you have Morgan? Do you have a favorite moment of the show? If you can think back from all six seasons of the show, do you have one that like really sticks out to you? Oh, gosh, there were so many good moments on the show. But I think whenever I think of like favorite Supergirl moments, I think of that that episode 
on the plane with Car and Alex in the hands. Yeah, Exodus. Yeah, my feelings, my feelings, and my my tears. Uh, I think of that moment, and I think of Alex Danvers saving herself with her own pants. Those are, <laughs> those are those are the two that always spring to mind. Where I was like, man, Alex is so cool, uh, and and that that really touching Cara and Alex moment. A lot of the a lot of my favorite moments are like hopefully Cara centric, but also I like the sister, you know, that sister dynamic and that relationship. I think it was, you know, in the best of times, it was the heart of the show. So <laughs> yeah, the ones you mentioned both in season two. So that's season two was a good time, I think. See, season season three was also was also pretty great. And then other seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I used to think more about the uh for the girl who has everything. That's one of my favorite episodes of the show. Oh, I, yeah. I love the moment where Kara and Alex's hands, like they're kind of reaching out for each other. But uh, for for the last bit of me like looking back uh, at Supergirl, uh, this is gonna be interesting because I'm not like a shippery person. Uh, and this is not because of a ship, but the end of season two and the season two finale, when Kara has to give up Monel to save his life and she gives him her mother's necklace and they have that really, you know, very emotional moment. And to me, that sticks out as like, when I think about Kara, that's the kind of stuff that I think about that Kara was willing to do that. Even if, even if it was sad for her, even if it, uh, you know, destroyed her emotionally and it affected her. She went into season three and it really kind of messed with her for a while. Um, that's the kind of stuff that I really enjoyed about Kara uh, for a, a lot of the show is that she was that person who was willing to make the hard and tough decisions uh, to save someone else and to put herself, you know, last in that situation because she wanted someone else to be okay. And that's, you know, that's Supergirl to me. And so I I, it, I don't like that moment because of a shippery thing. I, I like that because it's a great car moment. It's a great Supergirl moment. So uh, that's the one that's been sticking out in my mind the most recently. Yeah, I also think of that moment. I think it was in season one when she was like affected by the red kryptonite episode. Mm. Oh, and yeah. then when she comes out of the red kryptonite and she starts like crying and she gets so upset about like what she did. Just she's like, like, she's like, did I kill anyone? Oh yeah. But Melissa did such a good job in that scene. It's like just such a, like a, such a classic car moment to me and such a great, like Melissa, Melissa acting <laughs> like added to the real, but um, yeah, she did such a great job. And so I think of that one a lot too, because it just of how much it impressed me early on yeah and just speaking of performances I'll, I'll put this in here uh the crisis on earth x crossover uh this is not a car a supergirl moment but i loved melissa benoist as overgirl i i just oh yeah she was delicious uh when she says something like uh why do you care if i take your heart you're not using it oh, oh that moment oh <laughs> that's so good and then Kara has the you know the the quit back about well at least i have one. Oh, that <laughs> scene is like one of my favorite in, in terms of scenes like that scene is one of my favorites i i i, I go back and rewatch that quite a bit because I, I do love that performance from those performances from melissa there so uh yeah i guess we'll talk more about that in our kind of legacy of supergirl episode or all our call and show maybe we'll talk more about our favorite things about the show all right. Well, Alex wrote in to say, quote, I can't help but feel that the resolution that Kara's secret identity is outdated uh, is based on the writers not planning out a full story for Kara. It's clear the past few seasons the writers were concerned with other characters as much as Kara. In some cases, it feels more than Kara. 
It was written that Kara grew past her secret identity, but based on practical reasons, she still needed it very much. Stories like Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow play up the loss of a secret identity as being horrific for superheroes, but the show didn't seem too concerned. I will miss Melissa Benoist's take on the character. She was one of the strongest leads on these shows, perhaps the strongest. It was nice seeing Alex Kelly and Esme's happy ending. I thought Nixley was a poorly written real, uh, fine, a poorly written final villain. The brainy Nia resolution was also clearly not thought out. It reminds me of how the Nate and Amaya romance ended on Legends of Tomorrow. I would like to thank uh, both of you for the years of coverage on the show, unquote. Uh, Morgan, do you have any thoughts about the comparison of Nate and, Oma and Amaya? With so, uh, Brainy and Nia? So I can totally see the um, that it is similar. But in uh, some very fundamental ways, it is actually completely different. Um, so, again, spoilers for season, hopefully, three. <laughs> <laughs> Let we, us know in the chat. We know, I don't know. Of, Le of Legends of Tomorrow. But um, so Amaya was from the past. Um, she was from, I think, like the 1930s or the 1940s. And she comes to superhero with the with the legends and her and Nate have a romance. However, she has like a, a timeline in the past that involves like descendants and, uh, you know, like a long family tree. And so to maintain the integrity of the timeline, she says goodbye to Nate. She says, Nate, it's been real. But all these people, you know, are kind of depending on me to not just stay here forever with you. Uh, and I have to go back to, like, reset the timeline. And so they part um, and she goes back to her correct timeline. So in some ways it is similar, but in a very fundamental way, <laughs> it is actually completely different. Because, see, Amaya did the responsible thing, which is go back. <laughs> to her correct timeline so that she didn't mess things up. And Brainy was like, LOL, nah. Um, <laughs> so, so that was a bit different. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, okay. So we have an email from Emma who says, Nixley's genuine, uh, genuine care for Esme, kidnapping aside, was fascinating. It made perfect sense given her traumatic backstory and added yet another layer to her character. If only Kara could have some of the layered complexity instead of continuing to do questionable stuff, despite Lena's reasons, objections. Listen to Lena, Kara. Her head's on right this season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy they got Lillian back, but I spent so much time wondering why she was suddenly blonde. Her laugh when Lex said he was in love was excellent. She just continues to be so deliciously evil. I love her so much. She also had weaponized high heels. Just like Lena. <laughs> <laughs> Families. Uh, I was so much more upset when Lillian was zapped than when William was shot. I was literally crying, no, at the TV. Ugh, her being dead makes me so sad. The second longer trailer they released actually got me a little excited for this episode, if for no other reason than I wanted to know why the government dummies were calling in an airstrike on poor Kara. Just leave her be. She suffered enough this season. <laughs> I mean, I understand now. But still, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad Kara did the right thing at literally the last second. Uh, I spent most of the first episode assuming it was all the gauntlet, hence the episode title and the totem voice saying, face your destiny without the totem. 
silly me trying to anticipate the crazy writers. <laughs> what I did correctly anticipate, though, was the global hope speech. Wouldn't be a finale without one. I wanted to know the butler's story. He's so loyal, <laughs> so nonchalant about the evil schemes. <laughs> he was. <laughs> he seemed like Lex's man, but he's also feeding information to Lillian? What is his deal? Hmm. Questions for the ages. <laughs> <laughs> Eliza showing up was spectacular, especially because I wasn't spoiled for it. I know they were winking at Helen Slater's past as Supergirl, but what uh, about shooting magical owls with a shotgun makes someone think they were Kryptonian in another life? Thank you. <laughs> the Lexley defeat via phantoms was very anticlimactic. Uh, uh, Andrea, who got to use her powers in shadow, uh, save uh, Lena, yay, stole Lena's thing of showing off your clavicles at arguably inappropriate times. How dare you? But seriously, that was a gala dress, not a funeral, not funeral wear. <laughs> cat Grant, Cat Grant, Cat Grant. <laughs> I assume that's how you wanted it read. Uh, <laughs> I had to pause the episode to properly freak out about this. And she finally took back Catco. No, not sure it's wise making Kara editor-in-chief, but given that she's revealed herself, I guess maybe Kara can go back to having a good work ethic. We know she's capable of it based on her pre-Supergirl personal assistant days. That's uh, true. That's true. Kat's reappearance was almost enough to make me forgive this season for its many, many failings. Almost. Uh, <laughs> thank God we got a Danvers sisters couch scene. I was going to riot if we were denied that in the finale. Our Broadway duo got to sing. The wedding was beautiful, and Esme was such a cute flower girl. How dare they mention Megan and John's future child, but not actually tell us where she's been this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the super core teasing. Ugh, maybe I'm biased, but James saying, I figured out what I really wanted in life, and then they show Lena and linger on her. It just seemed very poignant to me. Cat lingering on the buy of Bifurcated, and their conversation about Kara's identity. So many super core vibes. Ugh. I don't know how to feel about Kara revealing her identity. I mean, I saw it coming, but am I happy about it? Shrug. So are are we just going to gloss over the fact that Lena definitely manipulated everyone's minds with her magic during Kara's hope speech to make them more receptive to her words? Non no cherry ringing any bells. <laughs> I mean, it was close. Lena's like, this is what I'm good at. Let me be. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> and then she like checks it off a little list she had in her pocket. I did it. <laughs> uh, also, Kara's speech, in my humble opinion, would have been more impactful if it hadn't come literally minutes after she nearly destroyed the sun. I know it would have regenerate it in six months but let's face it the world definitely would have died in that time frame the sun is kind of essential to all life on earth uh secretary brown pretty sure she was governor last time we saw her in hope for tomorrow oh supergirl show what even are government roles to you uh, overall, these last two episodes had many highs that probably outweighed the lows. I'm sad to see the show go, and I wish this final season had been better. So just uh, for my knowledge, uh, I looked it up. Secretary Brown in Hope for Tomorrow in the Last Gauntlet uh, uh, was played by Chris, uh, uh, actress Crystal Belint. So I hope that clears up any confusion if you had it. Uh, well, Ermgard sent us an email writing, quote, warning, this will be a dance and wedding only email. 
<laughs> that, that's fine, Armgard. We'll, we'll take it. Uh, so Armgard says, quote, what a lovely wedding it was. Space Dad performing the ceremony. Loved his speech about Alex and Kelly. Loved Alex having always as her last word. The same promise she always tells her sister. Kelly mentioning the last scene of Blind Spots, which was Alex supporting Kelly by just being there for her. Is it Alex and Kelly Danvers or Alex and Kelly Olsen? I would hope it's Alex and Kelly Danvers. Well, uh, Kelly changed jobs once again and start working at the DEO as a psychiatrist slash guardian. It's possible, I guess. Ermgard mm -hmm. uh, says, quote, I think everyone who has just seen Esme, uh, who has seen Esme just wants to adopt her. Wynn and Kara singing. Just lovely. Love the Esme and Jimmy moment. Love the Danvers women hug. Did not think that Eliza had to apologize for anything, though. Would have loved for her to call Alex my Supergirl one more time. Seeing, uh, seeing as Kelly and Jimmy were talking about their mom, the CW couldn't hire someone to play her? <laughs> Seriously. The DEO better invest in some daycare because watch out, Esme will walk your halls. One side note, I was fine with the ending except for Kara giving up her secret identity. That made no sense as it will put everyone she loves in danger. Questions. Is Jimmy a guardian where he lives? Did they make a new shield for Kelly? Because Jimmy had his shield back. Before crisis, he gave his shield to Kelly before he left. Guess it's a post-crisis explanation again, <laughs> unquote. Uh, yeah, I would, I'd like to assume that James, the grown man, Olsen is, <laughs> is guardian in Calvin town, uh, because he's working at a newspaper there. And I would like to think that there is a, uh, guardian in, in the newsboy legion in Calvin town. Maybe we can have Kelly in the news gal legion in national city, but I don't see why they can't have a, a guardian in the newsboy legion I think there. They're, I think they're going to franchise the news, the newsboy yes. news gal legion one in every city. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's that's what that's what I assume. Read all about it, and then they throw that. <laughs> that's my favorite. Uh, Leslie wrote in to share some thoughts. Writing these final two episodes were not represented uh, representative uh, of the series in any way. Simply put, I didn't like it. Supergirl was so weakened. I was excited for a second that I thought uh, that I would get a supercharged Supergirl, like a Red Lantern Supergirl, to make up for how weak she had been portrayed in the prior season six episodes. But no, the last gauntlet did not follow through with that. Alex even bested Supergirl by stealing the totem right out of her hands. Uh, the episode went to one of the best series finales ever when Supergirl lifted Fort Roz, but the episode did nothing spectacular with that famous locale. In fact, Brainy said no superpowers were supposed to work in this location, but superpowers did work in the area nonetheless. Um, the episode had Eliza saying she wasn't a good mom when she was. Why? Kara combining Kara Danvers with Supergirl and becoming whole was done much better and in an organic way in season three. And Lex and Nixley caused their own demise. The reason I'm writing is because one of the two scenes I really liked was the Danvers sisters couch scene. Every episode in this final season should have had a couch scene. Also, I liked Melissa and Jeremy singing too. Uh, well, thank you for writing in uh, Leslie uh, about uh, those thoughts. I made some good points. Appreciate you sharing those uh, with us. Uh, well, B sent us an email to say, quote, I wish there had been some kind of post-credit-esque sequence of the pictures Esme had taken on her new camera. Yeah, I would love to see the pictures. Oh, that'd uh, be so cute. Esme, Esme took. Uh, B also says, quote, we could have had some fun wedding shots and some pics of her antics with whoever was babysitting her during the honeymoon. And then some pics of her doing some fun activities with everyone on the team in a more 
taste of life way, flying with Kara or even painting with Kara if you don't have the money for flying, <laughs> trick or treating with the gang, maybe a Christmas scene, or just some general shots of her with each person showing something about how she would spend time with each of them. I think it could have been a nice way to connect to that scene with James and also give us a chance to see more of Esme with her new extended family. It's so dis- disappointing she had more one-on-one screen time with the villain than with Kara. Uh, On- <laughs> It is Brutal. disappointing. I really liked uh, Esme and Aunt, Aunt Cara in the finale, and I wish we had gotten to see more of that. Uh, B says, on a side note, seeing Esme around the Luthers did make me rethink that Lena was about the same was about the age when she was sent to live with them. I know it's not the same. Uh, she wasn't kidnapped, but it's still sad to think about a child that age losing her family and being sent to live with people like that. That's a good point. Uh, B also writes, quote, I read Katie McGrath's interview where she was asked about her reaction to Lena's witch storyline. I think Katie tried to offer some rationale to what uh, was more likely plucked from nowhere by going back to the magic as a science not understood thing. I wish the show had actually used and underlined this more. For instance, while she struggled with learning magic, she could have had a conversation with Brainy that undermined, uh, underlined this idea. I think the scene with Lena and William about science and baking would have made more sense if it had been Brainy talking about future science and magic. Instead of talking to Carr about her fear of using magic, it would have made more sense to discuss it with Brainy as his and Lena's backstories are more similarly aligned. The conversation wa- with Lillian could have leaned more towards saying that young Lena's aptitude for science maybe had a connection to magic. Instead of something that was holding her back or dampening who she really was, it was an outlet for her abilities without her realizing it. And also, I would love to hear if your science advisor, Nicole, has any thoughts on what was said about this in the episode or in general. So, Dr. Nicole Green, please make sure to join us for the call-in show so we can hear your thoughts about this because uh, other listeners would like to know about it. Uh, B also says, quote, I also have a thought about the part of the ending of uh, the show gave Kara. I'm totally fine with her ending the series without a love interest or partner, but why did they feel the need to reassure us that everyone else was getting a happily ever after? Nia catching the bouquet was a, enough of a hint and a nice wink for Brainy and Nia fans. There was no need to stay at, uh, state it in dialogue. I don't think they needed to underline that Brainy and Nia will get married or Jean and Magan will end up together. For me, it, it just underlined that we didn't get a moment like this for Kara. If it's okay not to have a partner, then stop telling me. Don't worry. Everyone else has a partner. Also, did Nia just use her dream powers in front of everyone to get that bouquet? <laughs> I mean, do these people not even care about their identities in, in, uh, anymore? Maybe she should have gotten Lena to secretly voodoo it over to her instead. Even though the show hasn't been perfect, I still found a a lot to love about it. I'm sad it's ending, but honestly, happy Melissa Benoist gets a chance to hopefully move on to something that will make more use of her talent. I just wish Kara's story had been more of a focus in this last season. I thought the Totem storyline was going to bring us some great Kara moments, but what was the point of it? So much time wasted on dumb plot lines that went nowhere when we could have had more Danvers sisters, more game nights, proper focus on the engagement, a real bachelorette party, Kara hanging out with her niece, Maybe even just one Kara-centric episode? Anyway, Kara Danvers, I love you. I hope you get your own show someday. (laughs) Thanks for all the great podcasts, Supergirl Radio. I've only uh, recently watched Supergirl, but I've listened to your podcast for a while before I finally gave in and watched. I hope to stay with you guys as... 
as you podcast about Supergirl after the series. Maybe I will start listening to the Legends of Tomorrow podcast next. No show, though. I'm, I mean, that's how Rebecca does it. <laughs> you you can totally listen to the, the Legends of Tomorrow podcast without watching the show. It's perfectly a perfectly valid way to listen. I mean, it made you want to watch Supergirl, so maybe it'll make you want to watch Legends. <laughs> we make no guarantee. <laughs> We're a mess over there. Okay. <laughs> Kanisha wrote in to say, I was re-listening to your podcast episode for episode 17, and remember that Esme yelled for Supergirl when Nixley and Lex teleported her uh, teleported into Al's bar. So in episode 18... It seems odd that Esme didn't recognize Nixley when she found her hiding spot. If Esme knew to yell for help back then, why wouldn't she do the same when she encounters Nixley in the to- in the tower? I suppose an explanation could be that Esme is a small child and was convinced by Nixley's lies, but that's a bit tough to swallow considering Nixley and Lex shot at her mom's in Al's bar. Surely Alex and Kelly would talk to Esme about yelling for Supergirl if she ever sees Nixley and Lex again. Do you have any thoughts on this? My thought is that makes sense. She should have called out for Supergirl when she thought she was in danger. Especially since they had set a precedent of her doing it in the past, right? So Yeah. It's just one of those things. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of have to go with it, but it it doesn't make sense. Esme was smart enough to do it then. She should have been smart enough. She didn't do it because William had to die. That's the thing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so, but that's a it's a great point. Uh, well, Brian sent in an email to say, quote, a final thought about the CW Supergirl series. The writers obviously would rather be writing Superman. So much of this version of Supergirl, being a reporter, glasses to hide her identity, hanging out with Jimmy Olsen, Lex Luthor is her greatest enemy, Lex Luthor's assistant is Otis from the Superman movies, Morgan Edge, all come from Superman. Where is the brown wig? Where is Linda? Where is Comet? Where is the romance with Brainiac 5? Uh, Thanks for the great podcast. I'm one of the many people who would have stopped watching the show if it wasn't for your entertaining takes on it, unquote. Well, thanks so much for saying that, Brian, and for listening to the podcast um, I guess it should be mentioned. Uh, some of those things are Supergirl related. Uh, Supergirl has worked in news, uh, has used glasses to hide her identity, has a, a pretty uh, extensive history with Jimmy Olsen as a character. Uh, she has interacted with Lex Luthor. They they had a lot of uh, uh, battles in the Silver Age, I guess you could say. A lot of interactions with Lex Luthor and Les Lar actually, uh, in the Silver Age. And Lex Luthor and Supergirl have a history during the Matrix time, during the death of Superman. Uh, so it it's not uh, strange that Lex Luthor would be in there. The Otis thing, though, I'll give you that. Uh, maybe the Morgan Edge, I'll give you that as well. But, I mean, it would have been great to to see a wig or to, to um to have more of Linda. There was a Linda Lee mentioned with the Red Daughter storyline, so they they did get that in there. Uh, but you know, Comet and uh, uh, a Brainiac Five romance, I would not have been opposed to any of that. Uh, so it is it is kind of a a mix of it. I think they did lean a, very heavily into the Superman stuff, but there were some Supergirl things uh, that. Uh, kind of flowed into that as well because Supergirl does have a lot of those similarities. So Gina wrote in to share her thoughts on the good and the bad of the two-hour series finale. She writes, The good. Uh, The Kara and Kat scenes. There was just enough of this to make it work for me. 
for Kat to make that impact on Kara like Kat always has. I was so glad the show was able to do one thing right this season by bringing back Callista Flockhart. The two actresses fell right back into it, too. You're reminded how much chemistry they always had together, and Kat was one of the reasons season one is still the superior season for me. The mentorship she had with Kara, however brash and a little honest it might have been, was so refreshing and brought so much heart with so much humor. It was so fitting that in that last scene for Kat to be the one who reintroduced Supergirl to the world when she was the one who created her in the first place. I occasionally think about what might have been if the show never left CBS and they were able to keep Callista on the cast. Um, the car and Lena scene at the wedding. While Lena's story arc with Lillian in the finale did not work for me, I do love the state of mind she was in when she had her final on-screen co conversation with Kara. Between Kat and Lena, Kara was able to come to the conclusion of what she wanted to do with her life since she was since she was at this crossroad. Lena being happy with herself, happy with being herself, was really nice to see, and a nice end for her character on screen. And her words to Kara wouldn't have landed correctly for me if Lena wasn't at peace with who she was. Esme and Nixley. Esme was so great in this episode. The kid's going to need some therapy for sure, but the actress did a good job with the things Esme went through in the final episodes. Also, I love Nixley's weakness for kids and how she protected Esme from Lex when he wanted to cut her open. Peter Sergeant killed it with Nixley, and I think Lex ruined such a good story arc for her. But to see how Peter was able to play diabolical and nurturing at the same time so well, chef's kiss. <laughs> uh, uh, Alex and Kelly's wedding I loved how intimate it was the brides looked amazing though I wasn't loving Alex's hair I adored Wynn and Cara's duet we were robbed of a duet at karaoke <laughs> karaoke karaoke uh, Jean's speech before Kelly and Alex's vows was so good and loved the brides vows to each other too Final Alex, uh, yeah, final car and Alex scene on the couch. While we should have had so many more of these this season, this just reminded us why it would have been nice to have them. Part of me is disappointed that a sister couch scene wasn't at least the second to last scene of the finale. But Car and Alex are just, ugh, I love them and hate how the show treated them through most of this season and even through these last episodes. The neutral, the ending to Car's on-screen story arc. I've only seen the finale once, but my initial reaction was. Well, that's interesting. I did love how Rebecca called it and Cara would be editor-in-chief for CatCo. I can't remember if she accepted it or not, but that was definitely one of the endings I loved for Cara. I just wish she did a lot more reporting in the last two seasons to earn it. Smiley face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but her coming to terms with how she wanted to live her life as one identity was bold. There are a few thoughts on there are a few thoughts on this subject. One, while it did have an impact on me because of her conversations with Kat and Lena, I wished it was a really big through line for the season. I also w I wished it wasn't a rehash theme from season three, although it was somewhat in a different vein. Two, my next thought when it ended with the final scene was, well, that's so convenient for these writers. They can throw that out there and never have to write about how the heck it's actually going to work. <laughs> <laughs> but this season and the, and the last has proven they're too lazy to write about Car anyway, so I don't expect anything more. The bad. Alex taking the totem from Kara and Kara sucking up the sun and saying, no worries. I'll just put it back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it has been so much fun listening to Supergirl radio throughout the last six, uh, six years, especially for the TV series. I feel like we have taken the same journey together and how we have reacted to each season episode of the show. I had re-listened to the first season of your podcast recently. And while you guys joked last week about how boring it would be if the show was good all the time, I think you said this was such a good episode throughout most of season one. My, how times have changed. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> However, you've gotten me through these last two seasons and that hard gun control episode that still haunts my mind <laughs> <laughs> through your good humor, not taking things seriously and still showing the love for the show, or at least for the characters of the show. It has also been fun seeing how much your podcast has evolved. We get to see your beautiful faces each week now and interact with you live. That's such a good point. Uh, not necessarily our beautiful faces, but over the course of six seasons uh, and six years of Super Radio, the podcast has uh, evolved into something new and different. And I, I'm, I don't know about you, Morgan, but I'm very proud of that. I, I think it's, Me too. I, I think we've been able to expand uh, what we do on Super Radio, and so I, I think it's it's been interesting. I'm glad the listeners have kind of gone on that journey with us and tried new things with us. So it's been really fun. Uh, well, comic geek Kev wrote in with some thoughts saying, quote, Lillian looked fantastic. Electro pumps. Well done, Lillian. Lex can take on Sentinel and Guardian in hand-to-hand -hand -hand combat. Uh, I don't get why the Sun Satellite plan went south so fast. Why did people wreck their cars? A change in weather? Hasn't National City seen worse? Supergirl got nothing out of all of that solar energy? She couldn't even super speed to get to the pieces of the stone first? Cool to see the return of heroes and villains from the past. But they wrapped up the season-long story in like 10 minutes. Best guess, Kat, Eliza, and Wynn. Jean and Magan have a kid? Ugh, they're related in the comics. <laughs> <laughs> On the show, they're not, but in the comics, yes. Uh, Jimmy's life-altering camera issues make a return. Does everyone at the fan at the wedding know these guys are the super friends? That is a good question. I don't know those I, other people. I don't know. And what was that skywriting thing? Since when is that part of Jean's powers? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I, don't I wish know. I wish he had done that so much sooner, but it was like for really like random things. So like Car would be walking and she'd look up and it'd be like, don't forget to buy milk. <laughs> like, John, we talked about this. Stop using the skywriting. You're telling everyone. Stop it. <laughs> she looks up in the morning. She's like, does that just say believe in yourself, John? <laughs> <laughs> like just supportive space dad putting like daily affirmations in the cloud. <laughs> Comic Geek Kev uh, goes on to say, we'll never leave you, Esme. Ten minutes later. Bye, Esme. Uh, <laughs> crying, uh, laughing emoji. Uh, cargo, Cargo's public and no mention of how it might affect Alex or her cousin Clark. However, I think Kat showing up was great and made sense. But having said all of that, I was glad we got to see it. I'm glad the show got to have a finale and didn't just get canceled. Uh, I'm glad the show existed and gave us this world and the characters in it. Even when Arrow premiered, I never thought that we would get six seasons of a Supergirl show, unquote. And that's a really good point. You know, some some shows end and they never get to, to end it the way they want to end it. So at least uh, Supergirl, despite whether or not you like the ending or not, it did get to have an ending. And that's uh, sometimes very rare for shows these days. That's true. It got to go out on its own terms. And so we got an actual ending for all the characters as opposed to being like, I don't know what they're up to now. <laughs> Who is Leviathan? It could have it could have ended there. So it could have been so much worse, you guys. <laughs> we could have been like, oh, the 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 head of Leviathan storyline was going to be so great. If only we'd gotten one more season, and now we know 
they were never just going to tell us anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Is from Australia writes, wow, what a finale. After watching the first part, I was honestly a bit worried about how it was going to end. But for me, it pulled through. I found myself chanting, hope speech, hope speech at the TV (laughs) when the first part ended. Love that Cara had one more speech left in her to save humanity classic. It was so great to have Wynn and James back, and I was shocked by the reappearance of Kat. What a great send-off. I am content with how Kara's story ended, except I'm really not sure how she'll balance being Supergirl and the editor-in-chief of Catco. I guess Kat will follow up with all of her absences? Uh, Kelly looks stunning at the wedding, but whoever styled Alex surely had it out for her. (laughs) (laughs) That outfit was awful, and even worse with the jacket undone. It looked like a great uh, great aunt cosplaying Lord of the Rings. Classic Lena wearing an outfit that was totally off-brand for a garden wedding. (laughs) (laughs) She looks so good, though. Uh, Thank you so much, Morgan and Rebecca, for getting me through the last few seasons of Supergirl. I'm not sure I would have continued without your weekly laughs and thoughts, the time, energy, and Google Docs you've put into the podcast is much appreciated by me and i'm sure many others i'm looking forward to hearing what you do next yeah we have a lot of google docs uh but uh, well worth it to, to, to put them together uh well elena sent us an email writing quote i don't think Kara's ending was bad but it definitely could have been better first they make you think for a second that carl will use the allstone to stop nixley and lex she doesn't then they come up with this weird plan of using the sun to supercharge Supergirl so she can stop Nixley and Lex. I thought, well, that doesn't seem like a great plan. But hey, let, let, at least let this give Kara some storyline. Guess, <laughs> guess what? She didn't do that either. Then they bring back all of these cool people from the past and Akrata shows up. And then Lex brings some cool villains, brings some villains from previous seasons. And I thought, well, OK, now I got cool. Guess what? They didn't move a finger and the threat was gone. <laughs> and really, another hope speech? These writers couldn't come up with anything else? This episode was like a bunch of things that could have happened, and that makes me so upset. Like most of the episodes in the season, it had some good stuff, but the episode could have been better. I totally loved Kat. She caught me by surprise, and I'm so happy they could bring her back for the finale. Eliza showing up and making a Supergirl reference was awesome. Esme was cute as always. The Lena and Lillian scene was heartbreaking, but a really good scene. Danson's wedding was also nice. Kara and Wynn singing? Loved it. But I feel like they remembered that the show was about Kara a little too late. The episode was literally called Kara. Good for Brainy that he got to stay, but the explanation really was, oh, screw the timeline. I love you, Nia Nall. Come on. Overall, I liked Carr's ending. I think it was nice, but I'm just disappointed because Supergirl's last season could have been much better if they just focused on their main character. This show introduced me to Kara Zorel, and I'm so grateful because I got to know her, and she really inspires me. I'm studying engineering, and I aspire to be a badass as Lena someday. I fell in love with the Danvers sisters. I feel more powerful when I put on my Supergirl shirt. And that's all because one day I discovered this show. So even if they messed up this season, I have to thank them. And also, thank you, Rebecca and Morgan, for this podcast. Listening to your podcast always makes me smile and allows me to know incredible people that love these characters as much as I do. That's very nice. Well, thank you. Thank you for going on the Supergirl journey with us. And I'm glad that Supergirl inspires you. And uh, sometimes I feel a little more, uh, you know, powerful when I put my Supergirl uh, shirt on as well. So I know the feeling. 
Uh, Michaela wrote in saying, I've been listening to the podcast since I found it at the end of season two. And I wanted to say thank you for being my Supergirl friends. No one else I know watches the show. So finding you guys who cared about it as much as I did was a blessing. And I'm so happy to have gone on this journey together. That being said, we deserved better. <laughs> we all did. Uh, the the wedding and seeing the two guardians together was were probably my favorite scenes. James was my favorite character, so I'm very happy to see him back. But there were so many frustrating and hard-to-follow moments. I was just annoyed most of the time. The thing that upset me the most was that they brought everyone back, got them all dressed up in their hero outfits, and had them just stand there. <laughs> How do you do nothing with all that talent? Also, where did Alex's mom come from in the middle of the battle? That was random. <laughs> I, I will always be sad that Kara got put in the backseat on her own show. This show and the character of Supergirl have helped me through a lot over the years, and I will miss the show despite being frustrated with it sometimes. Excited to see what you do with the podcast next and hopefully read some more Supergirl comics. Yeah, we need to get back to those Supergirl comics. We sure do. <laughs> There's lots to cover. Uh, well, Miriam writes, quote, with the series wrapped up, I wanted to take the opportunity to thank you for all you did with Supergirl Radio. You created an amazing community with a focus on car and had more consistency with your topics and running jokes than the show itself, Inclu <laughs> including, but not limited to, National City's real estate market, Turtle Boy Jimmy Olsen and his death. That's also his home. Waiting on a snap from Snapper Car on the arrival uh, or the arrival of Director Bones. We got him eventually. Yes, on a different show. But to be fair, the end of Stargirl creeps into my DVR recording of Supergirl. So I'm taking it as a win. <laughs> and of course, collectively uh, getting traumatized by Anna's snaps. The show may have dropped storylines left, right and center. But at least we always got Lena dressing inappropriately for the occasion. Showing up dressed in Comic-Con villain chic for the wedding is, is the most most in-character thing they have ever done. <laughs> it also makes sense as why Lena started deviating from the magic science hairstyles Morgan picked up on. Lena Luther follows no one's rules when it comes to hair and fashion. I didn't a, take that into account. <laughs> as a side note, I'll forgive her for science murdering that guy, but I'll never forgive her for putting her shoes on the couch. <laughs> Not once, but three times. Speaking of shoes, I love that both Lena and Lillian's heels have hidden weapons. Also, I feel like I have to point out the number of similarities between this final season of Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow, between the totems and now the, the fates slash thread of destiny. Not to mention both shows sent their blonde lead off planet for the first half of season six, where they have the support of a male character, Zorel and Gary, and meet a female character, Nixley slash Amelia Earhart, who seems friendly at first, but ends up not so great. Was Amelia Earhart a villain? Amelia, yes, yes, Rebecca. Amelia Earhart was a villain. How dare uh, they? You might remember from the podcast episode that you maybe listened to, but not the episode you definitely did not watch. That uh, Amelia Earhart turns out to be an alien. Uh, but also, um, I've forgotten this. Uh, any listeners to the show who don't watch uh, Legends but want to know more about Amelia Earhart, like a really deep dive, like historically very accurate. Oh, I do remember there was some talk of Amelia Earhart's, uh, like a navigator or somebody. Like she had a navigator. I do remember that. <laughs> Uh, he was, he was terrible at his job. 
Kat uh, gave us the deep dive on Amelia Earhart. It's beautifully researched. So if you want to <laughs> check out our episode on that, uh, believe me, you're going to have so many good uh, like little things to drop at a cocktail party. Hey, did you know that Amelia Earhart had a navigator? I think his name was Frank. <laughs> and he was bad at his and job. And he was bad at his job. Also, she's an alien. well uh miriam goes on to say while the rest of their found family are trying to bring their leader back i can only assume all the crossover uh uh, assume all the crossover is the writing team giving a nod to the morgan glennon podcast universe (laughs) i've been stateside for the past couple of months i've been able to catch the live streams at a reasonable hour and i've been thankful to share the final season with you all unquote well thank you for that miriam thank you for contributing to the podcast and supporting the podcast and uh, i hope you'll continue to listen to the Morgan Glennon uh, podcast universe as it continues. We've had a lot of fun over these past million years. <laughs> Continue to join us. Um, so Jen wrote in to say, Hey, Supergirl Radio. I was worried the last episode of the show would be disappointing, especially since I was watching it on my birthday. It exceeded my expectations. I'm glad there will be a DEO, and I love seeing Alex with her family. Also, I love knowing that that Cara Danvers and Kat Grant are working together again. However, it did not make up for the rest of the season not being very good and ignoring Cara for the most of it. I think the show forgot how important it was. As I watched the final episode of a show on my 21st birthday that started when I was 14, I remembered how important it was to me to see a female superhero show as a teenager and how much the character of Supergirl has impacted who I became as an adult. The show was so empowering for the first three seasons before Lex Luthor disempowered it. I love all of the characters and I was glad to see them get good stories, but they forgot how important Supergirl is along the way. I like the way they ended Cara's story. I just wish they would have remembered their original mission before the last episode. I love your podcast. You guys are hilarious. Yeah, sometimes when I think about how much I disliked some of the seasons of the show, I have to remember, like, this show created Supergirl fans. Like, it made people Supergirl fans. And so even if there were things I didn't like about it, I'm, I'm glad that there are now new Supergirl fans because of the show. Yeah, I think like, you know, the in the next Supergirl thing that pops up, like we're going to see people who tell us that Supergirl, you know, was their first time that they saw the character. Yeah, I've, I've met a lot of people who say that. So uh, it's a uh, it's it's a good thing that the show existed because it added to uh, Supergirl fans. So that's good to hear. Well, Riley sent us an email saying, quote, seems fitting that with the show coming to an end, I wanted to thank you both for the dedication you two have both put forth over the last six years and truly sticking it out. Uh, through let's be honest rough years of uh, seasons five and six when i first started listening to your podcast i had just started my freshman year of high school and had been going through some hard stuff at the time supergirl radio brought me a lot of laughs when the rest of my day wasn't all that joyful now that the show is coming to an end and coincidentally i'm graduating high school in may well congratulations i feel a little nostalgic about the run of the show as i felt i've matured much like i had hoped Kara would no tea no shade though that being said i I just wanted to show all my love and gratitude for the podcast and what you've done for the show. Thanks for all the laughs, love, smiles, and Director Bones rants. And I look forward <laughs> to listening listening to you both after the show is over. P.S. I expanded into the rest of the Morgan Glennon podcast universe and thought Morgan would find it hilarious that I actually researched Genghis, Genghis Khan because of the legendarylatingshistory.com <laughs> segment for my history class. Oh my God. So I can guarantee you that that history uh, paper on uh, Genghis Khan was 
way more researched and thorough than what we presented <laughs> on the podcast. I believe Kat's, uh, Kat's like, summary was like, Genghis Khan killed a lot of people. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> there might be more to say about him. Right, Riley was like, huh, I wonder what else there is to know about him. Turns out a lot. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, so that's good to know that uh, the Legend of Tomorrow podcast inspired you to learn more about history. That's good to <laughs> that's good to hear we try but we don't always succeed <laughs> well thank you all for sending your emails and your tweets and uh j- just your general feedback about uh supergirl the tv series as well as uh, supergirl radio the podcast so thank you all for uh sharing your thoughts uh and i think that's going to bring us to some snap judgments in the game of snap judgments Each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. So once again, the snap judgments are pages. They just span pages and pages (laughs) and pages. So... We are Let's... currently on page 37 of 47 Ooh. in the Google. Oh, I'm sweating. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the snap judgments. Uh, so our first snap judgment is from Isabel. A short spin off in which Nixley decides not to return Esme to Alex and Kelly, but instead raises her as her own child. Or a short spin off where Esme spends her holidays with Uncle Jimmy and together they start the news gal legion. I mean, definitely Esme and Uncle Jimmy is starting the News Gal Legion. You're threatening me with a good time. I'm taking taking the News Gal Legion for sure. (laughs) The Esme and Jimmy scene in the finale was so cute. You mean I get more of that plus a jaunty newsboy caps? (laughs) I'm in. Um, Okay, our next set of snap judgments are from B. Um, Would you rather the show had told Alex and Kara that Eve killed Jeremiah or told Red Daughter that Mikhail was still alive? I really thought it was kind of a drop plot that uh, Red Daughter never found out about Mikhail because it's such a big moment for her. But I think to get more of the main characters of the show, I would rather Alex and Kara uh, had, I wish they had found out about Jeremiah. Yeah, I mean, we even had Eve back this season. And I mean, apparently we found that out today. <laughs> we, were, we remembered that <laughs> thanks to the live chat. Uh, but they didn't bring that in at all. And so it feels like, yes, that was a great like mic drop moment last season when you find out that like it was Eve that did it all along. Um, but But it was kind of we never we the audience know but none of the other characters ever knew so like the dramatic potential of that feels still very unfulfilled to me so yeah, yeah i'm going to go with eve i want to uh, i want them all to know that it was eve all along <laughs> <laughs> uh would you rather find out who was the leader of leviathan or find out where magan has been and where oh or find out where magan where did she Mago. 
<laughs> I was like, that's gotta be a typo. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, it's not. <laughs> it is an amazing pun. Yes. Where did she go? We don't know. Uh, I think I always wanted to find out who the leader of Leviathan is. Cause I did all that research into Leviathan in the comics and did that character spotlight. And I was really hating on Talia Al Ghul and I wanted her to be on the show so they could kill her off and they never did. So I, I wanted uh, more from Leviathan. Yeah. I feel like the, like who was the leader of Leviathan joke is uh, the gift that keeps giving. Cause I'm never giving it up. <laughs> and every now and then I'll be honest, every now and then I'll just be doing something. and I'll go, who is the leader of Leviathan? <laughs> <laughs> So it is quite literally haunting me. (laughs) This is Jean's dark secret all over again, like times 10, because at least the whole season wasn't about Jean's dark secret. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they kept hinting it. Oh, somebody's the head of Leviathan. Somebody is the head. We're going to have to tell her the head of Leviathan. And then it was like, so we're just not going to. Okay, it's just over. But that's fine. That's cool. <laughs> I don't need to know. That's that's great. Irrelevant. Uh, also, we know where Magan is. She's in the mural. She's stuck in the painting. We know where she. We we know where she m- 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 went. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you say that in the past tense. The Magan, Mago. Where, did, where did you Mago? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, amazing um so our next snap judgment is from michaela who says uh which would you rather have as a supergirl spinoff tv show the legion of superheroes in the 31st century or an alex and kelly spinoff in which we get to see them raise esme oh i would have loved to see i would have at least with a season i I wish we had a season of the legion of superheroes in the future like if Kara had gotten to go to the future oh i would have loved that so much so i would take i would totally take a legion of superheroes tv show as uh, as much as I love Alex and Kelly and as cute as Esme is, I feel like that's going to be just like, I mean, as a half an hour comedy, I think I'm going to watch that. I think that's going to be like, Esme, what kind of trouble did you get in? <laughs> He's like, not me. Um, but as like an hour long drama, that sounds like I'm going to get kind of tired, like a little bit. And <laughs> I'm like, OK, so okay, we're having a dramatic family meeting. I don't really. Uh, but the Legion of Superheroes gives us a lot of dramatic potential. There's like new characters. We're in the we future. Could get Bouncing the boy. Future, like triple yeah. girl. We could get all this uh, ultra boy. I love ultra boy. I uh, mean, we could meet show. so many characters. Yeah. We could really like we could really do it up, and so I'm gonna go definitely superheroes. Uh, we're we're going to the future. <laughs> yes. Um. From uh, we have two from uh, at Kaya underscore Matsui. So the first one: Would you recommend Supergirl to a friend, or would you tell them to just listen to the podcast? Uh, this feels self-serving hmm. in a way, but. I think I would probably just say listen to the podcast. I feel like I, I feel like we we do a good job covering it, so you know what happens on the show, and uh, we're we're pretty fun here. So maybe it's maybe it's selfish to say just listen to the podcast. Yeah, I mean, obviously for our brand, <laughs> <laughs> for our merchandising opportunities, uh, like our new T-shirt, where'd Magan Mago? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I want I want more listeners for the podcast. But I mean, I feel like I had there were some good times. There were some early good times with this show. So I 
no, I really want that merchandising money. So I'm also going to go podcast. <laughs> I'm sure trying to talk myself away. Oh, man. I, we are going to make that t-shirt. Our, our, our future tea public st- store uh, exclusive. Where did Maganma go? <laughs> we are making that. We are making uh, that design. We are making uh, dreams happen today. <laughs> I mean, I do. I do encourage people to watch this show for themselves. But f- for the purposes of the snap judgment, I'm going to say uh, Super Radio here. <laughs> nice. Me too. Okay. Who had the best mom moment, Lillian or Eliza? I would say Lillian. I think she had the more impactful, dramatic stuff. So I, I would go Lillian here. Uh, yeah, I'm also going to go Lillian because um, Eliza's moments, while great, one, the first one didn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> Uh, and the second, like the second scene with Eliza, she's like very encouraging to Alex, but she's also like, I wasn't a very good mom. And I was like, you know what? Don't be down on yourself, Eliza. <laughs> you have a lot to offer. So I felt bad for her. But Lillian, uh, Lillian was really like it, the mom awards, not, you know, being a good person. Yeah, no. Or having raised someone in, in a good way. Yeah. But I think, you know, she saves Lex. And then she tells Lena to accept herself um, before she dies. So <laughs> she did a lot of good things in that yeah. finale, mom-wise. I mean, yeah. she was like, listen, I wasn't always great. Lena's like, uh-huh. <laughs> so, but I'm going to make up for it uh, right now. Right now is what I'm making up <laughs> right for. Right now, right before I die. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have a bunch of snap judgments from G- Gina. So let's get to the first one. Okay, which would you rather have happened at the end of the series? Car wakes up suddenly, and we realize she'd been in a co- in the coma that rain put her in during season three this whole time or car wakes up and we realize the whole series has been a dream and it's only been a few hours after she saved alex in the plane who hmm uh i guess i want to have her uh have been in the coma that rain put her in during season three because at least we would have had three seasons of the show yeah yeah, and and, season and those three, are the and those were the good seasons. Those were the arguably the best seasons of the show. Uh, so we still get all of them. Um, so yeah, I'm going to take the rain coma because the other way we've really watched everything for no reason. <laughs> and for like let's say the last two two uh, seasons of the show, I'm mad about that. And so <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to have mattered <laughs> my yes. sacrifice. So, yes. <laughs> okay. Which storyline did you wish the show did a better job playing out? Kara and James's relationship, the OG dancing, or Alex on her mission to find Jeremiah? Oh, I wanted so much more for Alex uh, looking for Jeremiah. I would have, I would have really been into that because uh, there was so much left undone. He he became a cyborg. You remember that? <laughs> yes. Like they could have done so much more with the Jeremiah character, and they just didn't. So that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm going to go a different direction and I'm just going to say, I wish they had done the, uh, the car and James thing a little bit differently because at least I got like a lot of really good joke mileage out of, uh, Alex vowing to never stop looking for her father. And then <laughs> literally the next day being like Jeremiah who, <laughs> uh, but the, but the car and James thing, the way they dropped it was so awkward and weird and like, just made you go, what's happening here? <laughs> 
<laughs> like, did I just watch that whole season building up to this moment for them to be like, nah, we, we're better as friends. Like, what? Well, then why did I spend that whole season watching this? Like, I wasn't a shipper. I wasn't into Carr and James in particular. I didn't think that they had the best chemistry. But I think I felt like I was owed to have it play out for at least one single episode. Yeah, at least one episode. Before yeah. they before they hot potatoed that relationship out the window. So <laughs> I, I'm going that one. Like, give me at least like a five episode arc of them trying to date and discovering they don't actually like each other, right? <laughs> like <laughs> one episode was a bit harsh. Um, okay. Which storyline did you wish they didn't do? Leviathan or the Children of Liberty? Hmm. As much as I enjoyed Pencil Skirt and rom <laughs> if you're not going to do Leviathan right, just don't do Leviathan. I, I think at least I didn't like the Children of Liberty storyline either, but at least like they took it from one point to the end, you know, like the start point to the end and the Leviathan thing just it, it was kind of confusing because it like they they eventually like Leviathan became aliens and like all it was very weird. So <laughs> I wish they hadn't done Leviathan and the whole VR thing. Yeah, I love I love Ramakan. He's we all know he's my Rama boy. Um <laughs> and pencil skirt. Just really rocking those pencil skirts, uh, really making it her identity. Uh, <laughs> but but I don't know what they were trying to do with Leviathan. Still, it still haunts me. They, It's like a dangling storyline. But it's like if the most important part of the story is the thing that they just forgot about instead of like <laughs> the Omega Hedron or that like general lane existed you know what i mean like <laughs> it's it's like they built us up to this thing and we're like finally we're gonna find out and then just nothing we're just still up at the top of that roller coaster there was there was no closure <laughs> there's no so i'm going leviathan because i'm still angry about it and as much as the children <laughs> of men thing i think was like hit or miss at least like i understood what they were trying to do with that storyline i understood where they were trying to take the characters and like what they were what story they were trying to tell what story were they trying to tell with leviathan like technology bad except when we use it all the time <laughs> like i mean pretty much yeah like arguably brainiac is technology is he bad <laughs> kind of that's yeah, that i mean by the, end, by the end of the show he did let all of his uh, his uh, species die i was like wait hold on maybe they were making some good points <laughs> 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 Talking myself back around. Uh, okay. What other villain from the past should Lex have conjured? Giant kitty cat from season six, Manchester Black and the Hat, or Rama Khan? I mean, Manchester Black and the Hat. Oh, I love Hat so much. <laughs> I love Hat so much. And to be honest, I wanna I wanna answer Rama Khan, right? I my heart, what my <laughs> heart wants is Rama Khan. My heart is like, yeah, Rama Khan. And like he just comes, he just like dives out of a pile of dirt <laughs> with like with like a flower in his hand and he's like the earth says hello and like um <laughs> that would have been awesome would have been awesome but to be honest ramakan is like what looms much larger in my imagination than he actually <laughs> did on screen it's like a case of like fanon becoming like my new head canon like it's just taken over uh and it wasn't actually as epic as i as I thought it was on the screen. Whereas uh, Manchester Black uh, was a very well-developed character and a great actor. Not that Ramakan wasn't. 
love Mitch Pelegi, uh, but also Hat. It's just a dude named Hat. Like I'm not tur- <laughs> not turning that. My he was my first love before Ramakan. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, the Hat. So hat, the Hat had so much more for him. That and could he have been had explored. He, he had such a fun personality too. He wasn't he wasn't just a man named Hat. He was also like a whole thing. He was he was a man who had a hat. <laughs> he was a man who had a hat. He was a man who was named Hat. He had a certain je ne sais quoi. I think uh, <laughs> as my adopted daughter Fleur de Lis would say. Uh, so yeah, I think I would go uh, I would go Manchester Black and Hat Also, as well. I think I'm am I your daughter now in the Fleur de Lis? Is that is that how I mean, adopt? I, aren't we all our own daughters <laughs> in the grand scheme of things? <laughs> we'll have to re- revisit the the flirt is the flirt uh, delete narrative. We really term. will. Okay, what did you wish actually happened? Kara did um, suck in the sun and became a god, and the ramifications of that odd choice, or the show showing us Kara redoing the courage totem and realizing what the right choice was. I wish she had sucked up the sun and uh, became a, a god with the with the whole thing because at least that would have like they would have introduced something and they would have followed through with it and did it uh instead of like doing it and then scrapping it like everything they did this season like making a choice <laughs> and then backing out of the choice i wish they had made a choice and seen it through through the entire choice it was a bad choice but i wish that they had done it because in there, there might have been an interesting car story. Like, what if she went mad with power? Oh, yeah. Mad with power. And then her super friends had to bring her back by, like, I don't know, um, remembering, like, time that they had with her and like great things that Kara brought to their lives or I something. Like that. Yeah. Then it's a story about the super friends because it has to be. And it's <laughs> also a story about Kara at the same time. I know that this seems inconceivable to the face <laughs> of this show, but it's possible. So I yeah, I would go with uh I would go with, you know, sucking up the sun. <laughs> <laughs> um from at CM Gutierrez 74 which Danvers trait is worse? Alex thinking she knows better than anyone in the room when she actually doesn't and sometimes makes things worse or Kara aka the girl of steel suffering from decision paralysis on occasion. I really disliked a lot of things about Alex in season 6. So I think I'm going to say Alex thinking she knows better than anyone in the room when she actually doesn't and sometimes makes things worse yeah that's what i'm gonna go with too there were definitely a couple of hard alex episodes for me this season in particular where i was like "Ooh, like okay i don't there's a difference between like alex kind of being prickly sometimes and lashing out and then like I don't know. Sometimes I felt like this season didn't quite get me there in terms of like why she was doing it or like I, I understood why, but I like still didn't want to see it. I think it needed more balance. And because we didn't get a lot of Alex and Cara this season, it didn't have that balance. So like getting seeing Alex yell at Cara was not pleasant. No. Yeah. I think the balance would have helped if you had seen some really good stuff with the sisters and then seeing them fight. I think that would have made a difference. So we got uh, a couple snap judgments from Ryan. Um, first one, end the show with season one on a high note, but ending so soon. Or season six, one of the worst seasons of the show. But you have over 100 episodes of Supergirl. Season six was not great. Season five and season six were not great. No, but not great. 
but I like a lot of episodes in season two and season three. And some a few in season four I really like. Um, so if I pick season one, I don't get to keep those those episodes. So I think I would have to pick uh, <laughs> season six of the show reluctantly. Yeah, I have to go season six too because if we end at the end of season one, we don't get Lena, we don't get uh, Brainy or Nia or anybody or anybody else who's come in like the later seasons. Um, we don't get Terry Hatcher. We don't get Terry Hatcher. We don't get Rain, which I thought was a great character, like a great storyline in season three. So I mean, we lose out on a lot of the great things that we kind of loved about the show. Um, so I, you know, season, season four wasn't that bad. And then you, and then you just kind of, you just kind of go with the flow. You just kind (laughs) of, you know, drift downstream. You just let it take you where it's going to take you. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's exactly the metaphor. That is a perfect metaphor. Uh, okay. After his death, Cara realizes she loves William and goes back in time to save him and end the series with him. Or... The series ends. Uh, the series ends with him or Manel coming back from the future, and he decides to leave his wife for Kara. But his wife then is jealous of Kara and goes back in time to become Twist, William's British girlfriend, who is totally real. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, but so Manel decides to leave his wife for Kara. Yes. Yeah, I don't like that. I think I would have to. I mean, I like the I like the twist, but I don't like Kara having to like deal with the model wife thing. Uh, it's a love triangle, not crazy about it. So I guess I'm going to say Kara realizes she loves William and goes back in time to save him to in ends the series with him. I'm going to go the opposite direction because I love that it turns out that Mary's re- real. She's totally real. She's at the, in takeoff. <laughs> it's going to be so hard for her when she learns about what happened to William. We shouldn't joke. But uh, Mary turns out to be real and she's Imra. And then, and like, William introduces his, like, oh, oh, my girlfriend finally came from Canada. And Cara's like, yeah, sure. Uh, so cute, so excited to meet her. And then she turns around and it's Imra. And Imra's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and then Imra has maybe a big pie in her hands. And she's like, Probably. oops, it slipped as she throws it into Cara's face. And then it just becomes, just becomes like wacky slapstick. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> well, that is sounding very soap opera. <laughs> I know. I may the whole reconsider- premise is very soap opera. I may reconsider my choice. Can I can I go back and redo my snap judgment? I will allow it this time. Okay, so maybe I'll go with the the twist about William's British girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Nixley as the big bad of the season by herself, but still looking for totems, or Nixley and Lex are just a setup for Andrea to become the big bad, and she decides to embrace her dark side and become a Krata. The true evil Supergirl must defeat. That would have been interesting to get more from Andrea, but I hate to say this, but as a character, she wasn't all that interesting. I really like Julie Gonzalez as an actress, and she did well with what she had, but I think I would rather have Nixley as the big bad all by herself. Yeah, I agree. I think that they did some good like character setup stuff for Nixley in the beginning of the season and like throughout most of the season, actually. And like, I was really liking her as a villain. 
up until the random romance with Lex Luthor that kind of unfortunately kind of shot her character a little bit dead. So, uh, yeah, I will go as much as I like uh, Julie Gonzalo and as much as they did literally nothing with Akrata, uh, I would go, I think, Nixley as well. Okay, so we have a snap judgment from Mark, and it's a long one, so let us get ready. All right, Supergirl gets a spinoff. Supergirl and the Legion of Superheroes. We follow Kara, Monel, Brainy, and Wynn, played by the regular actors, back to the 31st century, where their adventures continue with the whole Legion and future opportunities to mix with the CW uh, with the CW verse. But it's a Berlanti series on the CW with a CW budget, CW mm. writers, CW tropes, and an open ticket for those writers to play with all the young adult melodrama the Legion can muster. Or Sasha Collier's uh, Supergirl. Ka- well, Kajay's. Kajay's. Oh, Sasha Kajay's <laughs> Supergirl gets a movie of her own on HBO Max. We're leaving everything we've known behind. We don't even know if she's Kara Zorel, but it's HBO writers with an HBO budget and the possibility of future crossovers with the DCEU, including potentially Leslie Grace's Batgirl, uh, Grace Fulton's Mary Marvel, or Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, or henry cavill superman if we close our eyes and clap our hands and really <laughs> really believe in fairies <laughs> god this is such a hard one this is a tough one because i this would the toughie i would really love to see like melissa benoist with the legion in the future like that's that's a dream like i would i would love that so so much but i also think the dc shows on hbo max are far superior to the cw shows like incredibly superior and also if i could get sasha kajay's supergirl with henry cavill superman that would be awesome oh that's so tough but the the thing that is preventing me from choosing sasha kajay's supergirl is that we don't know which supergirl she is like i would rather see a car Zorel story to be honest yeah it's a tough one this is a tough one like our, I think my ideal is that you take Melissa Benoist and you drop her into an HBO show with yes! an HBO budget, but that's yes! not the option I'm being given. God, what if we could get Sasha Kaje and Melissa Benoist <gasps> in a oh, Supergirl my something God. together? What like, if it was like a sliding doors series where it's like, have you seen the previews for it's like the Bob from Mad Men, but he's like, it's the many lives of Bob from Mad Men. <laughs> it's like, what if I had gone on to this coffee shop or whatever and I became a doctor? Um, and I want to see that, but for Cars or L, like there's oh. the, the one storyline where she's like regular, you know, working at Catco maybe, and there's maybe the, the next one, she's like a, a soap opera actress. I would love that so much. They never ask me though, is the thing. <laughs> this is so hard. This really is hard. I guess I'd rather see Melissa Benoist go to the future with the Legion of Superheroes. That's it's gonna, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be written poorly. <laughs> but I think I just would rather see that happen. So I'm going in the opposite direction. Actually, hmm. I'm I'm going for Sasha's uh, Sasha's take because I feel like I've seen the CW Supergirl. Um, and as much as I, we've love, never seen her in the future, though. We've well, we haven't seen her in the future, but we have some idea of what that's going to be like based on past performance. I think <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a lot of things that happen in the future that are never answered, and lizard people who jump out of nowhere. Um, but I feel like the HBO shows are are pretty good. Usually, uh, the HBO Max shows. I mean, not, not always, but 
historically it's not tv it's hbo uh so i think i i think i'm interested in like you know if we got another supergirl show but with different a creative team like what would their take on the material be because i kind of know what the cw berlanti verse take on the supergirl is and i liked parts of it and parts of it were weird um but i would like to see what a different creative team kind of brings to the table on that one but yeah what a what a tough choice I also realized like my decision could change based on am I just watching it or am I podcasting about it? Ooh, uh, I don't know. I, it doesn't say, honestly. Because if I'm podcasting about it, I would say HBO Max. Ooh, yeah, yeah, because then but if could, I'm, it's a but whole if different I'm ball of wax there. about it, I would probably say CW. Yeah, it doesn't say, so... I mean, I think the CW is a good, uh, it's a, that's a tough one because really like our, my ideal is like, let's, let's save Melissa Benoist, <laughs> take her to the to HBO, but that's not an option. That's okay. Not, that's not part of the snap judgment. Not part of the judgment. Okay. From Sam, would you choose only to keep season one or would you take the entire series flaws and all for the ride it took you both on? Okay. So, so we did answer that. So that, yeah, that's kind of uh, similar. So yeah, I guess I would say the entire series flaws and all. Agreed. Okay, so we have uh, a couple of long snap judgments from Emma. So let's get to it. Which is worse, Supergirl's final season or Game of Thrones' final season? The character assassination of Car Danvers, Car uh, Zorel Danvers, aka Supergirl, aka the last daughter of Krypton, aka the girl of steel, aka the maiden of might. Sexism aside, I do like the alliteration. Or the character, uh, the character assassination of Daenerys Stormborn of the House Targaryen, the first of her name, the queen <laughs> of the Andals, uh, oh, the first of men, Khaleesi of Great Grass Sea, the unburnt queen of marine, breaker of shackles, and the mother of dragons. Yes, all of those titles were necessary. This is such a funny snap judgment because I've I've actually had this discussion with friends of mine because uh, my friend uh, I was talking to my friend Beth about uh, how bad I thought the final season of Supergirl was, and she was like, "Well, it's no final season of Game of Thrones," and I was like, "Oh, really?" Because I've never watched Game of Thrones, so I don't oh, know. So yeah. I actually then reached out to my friend Christy, who has watched both, and so uh, I I think Christy maybe had uh, settled on Supergirl being the winner of that terrible <laughs> terrible contest, but uh. Uh, that's really interesting that the snap judgment actually was asking the question that I've actually had with friends of mine. It's a, you know what, as somebody who's watched both Supergirl and game of Thrones, this is a tough one. Cause I've rarely seen a show tank itself harder than the last season of game of Thrones. It was like, it was trying to do it on purpose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was like, uh, it was like watching that finale of how I met your mother. And it was like, they're trying to make you mad about it. Um, but Supergirl was just so bad this season. Um, so it's really hard. It's like they were both bad in different ways. Um, hmm. I think I'm going to go Supergirl as being a little bit worse just because, and it's not it's, it's Supergirl's fault, but like at least Game of Thrones was always really pretty while it was doing things that made no sense whatsoever. Uh, you know, and didn't they it had, have dragons? It had dragons. They always filmed in beautiful locations. Like their budget was, uh, like, uh, was probably like what Supergirl spends on like the entire series was like one episode. 
Uh, so uh, even although, though, didn't they have that one shot? I, I saw it on Twitter where it was like a coffee cup in one of the oh, scenes. Oh yeah, don't worry, like they got Starbucks. That, they got that Starbucks cup into the scene of the uh, <laughs> historical party where everyone's drinking mead, and Danny's like, "My venti frappuccino." <laughs> <laughs> so listen, things had slipped a little bit by the final season. <laughs> Let's not lie. Uh, and all the actors looked like they had just been through a really traumatic experience in every interview. They were like, what do you think of the final season? And they were like, <laughs> um, so obviously it was enjoyable for everybody involved, but it was at least prettier. I will give it that. Yeah. If uh, Game of Thrones had a bunch of dragons, uh, I, I think I'm going to give it to Game of Thrones, <laughs> even though I have never watched it. So I will probably say that. Okay. Um, wish fulfillment ending. Pick your poison. No actual poison death this time. Going out on a nice note. Uh, and then like a little emoji, like sticking his tongue out. Uh, okay. Car and Lena decide to go on a sabbatical together in the woods post-show nonsense to decompress and focus on themselves. I support Supercore. Okay. I have no shame. Lena goes full on witch during this time, complete with pointy black hat, black cat, and, and investing in a cauldron. I'm sure in a cauldron would be an investment. It's probably like a heavy. <laughs> uh, while Car she's, figures- she's a witch though can't she just like magic a cauldron she's not that advanced yet <laughs> i don't think i think that's down the line in her witch journey she's gonna have to invest in the call a cauld a cauldron a good a good quality cauldron is an investment piece is what <laughs> <laughs> and don't you're gonna have to oil the cauldron you don't want that cauldron to get rusty um okay Sorry, sorry. Cauldron etiquette. Well, Car figures out exactly what it is, uh, what exactly it is she wants and decides to take her back her title character status. Meadow frolics and woodland animal shenanigans ensue at various points. Upon returning to National City, they learn that Cat Grant has returned to reclaim Catco and restore it to its former glory. Snapper Car has also come back from his journeys across the world to learn the art of snapping. Mm. He lost a hand along the way and replaced it with a robot hand, but he snaps now. Kara and friends finally realize that McGann has been trapped in Esme's wall mural this whole time, so they use a combination of magic and science to free her. Lena, having gained much more control over and confidence in her magic, decides to resurrect William because Esme misses her baking buddy. But something goes wrong. Or... Right. Lena has bits of horse hair on her clothes while performing the spell because she just returned from a horseback riding date with Kara. So when she brings William back to life, he's no longer simply William Day, the reporter. He's now William Day, the man who can transform into a horse. He joins the Kara sports squad as Comet, the super horse. Everyone needs a secret identity, you know. And finally introduces them to Mary, who is totally real <laughs> and not some <laughs> random person he met in a coffee shop and asked him to help him out. I can't imagine what the second option is but i'm really liking this first option the first option seems good all the way around (laughs) do we even need the second option okay or we learn that the head of leviathan was has actually been dun 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 hope okay obviously played everyone (laughs) this this changes a little bit i'm looking forward to seeing how this goes all right, all right, you've got me back. Uh, she was rescued during crisis by none other than Director Bones, and so escaped the multiverse reset through some timey-wimey nonsense that you shouldn't waste time thinking about. <laughs> she went back in time before Ramakan and Pencil Skirt's planet died, became the head of Leviathan, and orchestrated everything to, in- to insert into her own creation. 
Brady gets to stay in the past because he realizes that with the time machine, he can literally leave 2021 at any time so long as he travels to the right point in the future. Twist, it turns out he was Nura's great great X times grandfather all along. <laughs> also, Turtle Boy Jimmy Olsen and the Newsboy Legion are in this ending to add some extra oomph. Man, that second option really up the game. Option, the second option is competitive. It's com- It brings back my girl Hope. Hope is as the head of Leviathan. As the head of, Le- we finally find out who the head of Leviathan is. And it's the best character from season five. And, and Not she, a lot of competition. And, and she interacts with Director Bones. Director Bones. We is get Rama Khan and pencil skirt. Of course. We get Brainy. We get some time travel. And Jimmy Olsen, uh, Turtle Boy Jimmy Olsen, the news uh newsboy legion. I'm going second option. Ooh, twist. All right. This is a tough one for me. But I think I'm gonna go with the first option. Mm. I think I'm gonna go Car and Lena. They, they take a trip to the forest. They come back. <laughs> we get we get snapper car with a robot hand. They finally discover that Megan's in that wall mural. They're like, oh, that's where she's been all along. She's real mad about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with the first option. Although, man, that second option tempting. It's very yes. tempting. No, yeah, competitive. I, I appreciate that our, our listeners know exactly how to tempt us with uh, <laughs> <laughs> the exact storylines we've always wanted on this show and never got. Okay. Okay. Our last set of snap judgments are from Anna. So who, get ready. Who, who is totally real. Anna is totally, uh, unlike Mary, who again is totally real. She's in the big <laughs> But Anna is totally real. Anna is a person that we've spoken to. She's not one of us. She's not a secret identity. <laughs> She's a real person. Okay. Anna, what are you, what do you got for us today? Okay. <laughs> First one. If your co-host was in the world of Supergirl, where would they have most likely died? She's starting Thanks, right out of the game. <laughs> See, of course, Anna's a real person. I wouldn't put this one. <laughs> All right. Where, when would we have died, Rebecca? Okay. When Supergirl was charging from the sun, they were one of the car crash victims who then got hit by stray bullets from the military and died alone. Or they were sitting in bed all gray when Nixley and Lex crashed through the wall, sending them flying through the window into the sky and then dying from hitting the pavement below. So. Ooh. Ooh. Both of those are bad ways to die. Bad ways to die. So are we a car crash victim? Or did we get thrown out of some form of skyscraper? But in the second option, uh, when when Anna says all gray, does that mean you I think lived- we were also kind of bummed. <laughs> or does that mean you lived a long life? I think all gray means that we were in black and white because we had lost oh, all. <laughs> I was about to say, well, at least you lived a long time. At least, no, no, she's not giving us that. Oh. No, we're we're gray because it's uh, we haven't hit Pleasantville yet. So no, okay, okay, <laughs> now I see it. Um, I was this is not great. I would I would rather someone. Morgan, if I'm having to choose, is this me having to choose how you die? I think it is. I think. Wait, hold on. Let's double check. This. This. Yes. Is, this is. Oh, grim. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I. I would rather you get hit by stray bullets from the military, even though you're dying alone. It's at least you're not hitting the pavement. I think that would be more grotesque. Like I just. I don't. I don't want to see that. It would be difficult to like look at I, I wouldn't want people to have to experience that no 
Definitely not that second one. Okay. Okay. So this might this might change my <laughs> my selection for you because I was gonna go out the window because I feel like it's a faster death. I feel like it's may yes, fast possibly. And merciful. <laughs> You're probably dead before you hit the pavement. Oh well, um, possibly. But definitely when you do. Uh, <laughs> But you don't seem to like that. So I'm going to go straight bullets uh, in the car crash. Although, bo- again, both of these are bad. And I feel like at least we should be picking our own demises, not other people's. It makes me feel a little strange. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't want to talk about your death. But, uh, no. but I guess I guess we had to. It was the snap judgment. <laughs> <laughs> the rules of the snap judgment. Okay. How did Lillian Luther actually die? Well, lots Lena, of death. Lots of yeah, death. A lot of death. A lot of death here. It's it's starting grim, but I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna rise to a <laughs> to a good place by the end. Maybe I don't know. Okay. <laughs> How did Lena Luther actually die? Lena shot her because she didn't uh, seem that deathly hurt, in my opinion. <laughs> or so Lily- wait, it was like a mercy kill. I think is I that think the thing? I don't know. Maybe Lena does like shooting people. So <laughs> she has shot people to death before. Yeah, Lena's like you shoot your family members, right? That's how you bond. Did she go get her her uh, murdering leather? She's jacket? gonna have to get her murdering leather jacket yeah, before yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah. But yeah, they like they see Lena go in to visit her mom with the leather jacket, and they're like something feels off. <laughs> Um, okay. Or Lillian spent a long time acting as if she finally died, then opening her eyes and saying, I'm still here, Lena. And then dramatically pretending to lose consciousness again as Lena sobs over and over until she finally did die. Oh yeah. I want I want Lillian to have a dramatic death. I like that. Oh yeah, definitely a long, drawn out, dramatic death, like where she's just staggering around, <laughs> like, oh my heart. And then she like falls down, then she gets back up and she's like, oh, one more thing about your wardrobe. <laughs> that that lipstick with those shoes, Lena, you're killing me. And then she dies, and then she comes back and she's like, and another thing. <laughs> That's what I want for Lillian. That's what I hope for her. <laughs> Uh, okay, who would you rather be, Lex and Nixley's future child who has to grow up in the Phantom Zone, or the scienced biological child of Kara and Lena, who is a Kryptonian witch hybrid who has to grow up with two moms confused on why they keep calling each other friends despite living and raising a family together? Uh, since I'm not uh, admittedly a big Supercorp person, uh, I I think by default I'm gonna have to pick Lex and Nixley's a uh, future child. But also, I would just like to explore more of the Phantom Zone. What <laughs> what, what would a child growing up in the Phantom Zone look like? I mean, could could you imagine if that kid had like finally apprentices themselves to the person who built the uh, storage unit? Oh yeah, they could they could improve upon uh, the storage <laughs> units. <laughs> what if what if it just becomes like all infrastructure, like just like a lot of c- conversations about like, well, you know, the highway over over there is actually not very effective for the phantoms. They can't even get over here. What we should do is we should maybe build like an overpass for the pedestrians. <laughs> 
And it just be, it just becomes all it just becomes the finally the the national city real estate. It's just phantom phantom zone real estate. And like <laughs> <laughs> suddenly they're putting up they're putting up duplexes for all the uh, the phantoms the poor phantom zone people. And they're like, and then the phantoms they haunt you, but only from nine to five because their working conditions are terrible. They never get a day off. <laughs> I mean, I initially picked that one just because I didn't want to talk about shippy stuff. But I actually love this idea. I like the Phantom <laughs> Zone real estate. That's, I, that's I like here. I like that we're really like improving the living and working conditions of the Phantom Zone. <laughs> I can't wait for the Phantoms to unionize for uh, <laughs> better working conditions. And uh, I'm on board. Uh, no, I'm going to pick. Uh, I want to be a Kryptonian witch hybrid. I think that <laughs> would be fun because like magic is uh, a weak point usually for most Kryptonians. Oh, yeah. So what does that do to a child? Um, I might be crazy. I might come out crazy in that scenario, in which case I guess they have to stop me. Like maybe it becomes like a oh. whole drama where oh, like yeah. I go I go evil and they have to like bring me back. That could be fun. And yeah, then I, like I get that, sent, yeah. wait, then I get sent to the Phantom Zone and I Ooh. meet you. Oh, and then, yeah. And then I can like be like, wow, my mom talked about how terrible it was here, but you guys have a great public park. <laughs> 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 I like it because I don't know because Car didn't have her powers in the Phantom Zone, right? No, no she powers. didn't. Okay, I was just trying to think how could a, a Kryptonian witch hybrid be a plus in the Phantom Zone? Uh, I mean, the witchiness might actually be able to help you get out of the Phantom Zone, but or or point, how to how to build those beautiful new buildings? Oh yeah, I was about like, to say at that point you maybe you don't even want to because so I, I think there. I think I think you are you would have you know super intellect. So you would be very smart, I think. Ah, yes, smart you know. and witchy. And I would have like really long flowing hair and I would only listen to like Fleetwood Mac. Um, <laughs> so I would, be, I would be a whole vibe unto myself. Uh, <laughs> we could, we could really build out the Phantom Zone. I think, we've got a, I think we've got a whole spinoff right there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just writing itself. Okay. Speaking of a spinoff, are we ready for the final chapter? Of the fleur de lis snap for the finale of Ooh, Supergirl. Okay, all right. Okay, so, so our our expectations is high for this uh this finale of the fleur de lis saga as they are for Supergirl. I guess we'll have to find out. Maybe higher. Um, <laughs> the fleur de lis saga has been more consistent. I think. Okay. <laughs> Three years have passed since your co-host moved in with you. Oh, you. oh, right. Because we found out we were related. We're all related. Yeah. We're all yeah. Related. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. You and your co-host are driving home from a girl's night out when a dark cloaked figure jumps from the back seat and knocks you both unconscious. Mm. Oh no, one of us was driving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you awaken in a forest tied to a pine tree. Your co-host, already awake, is struggling to free herself from another tree. After an hour, you hear running and in comes 17-year-old Fleur de Lis. Relief washes over her face as she rushes over to you and begins to untie you. Then your kidnapper rises from the bushes. It's your daughter's best friend. Fleur looks shocked. Her best friend starts her villain monologue and explains that Fleur killed her father in France. So she time traveled to get revenge and only pretended to love Fleur to have it hurt more. Mm. Fleur's voice breaks as she begs her best friend not to betray her. The best friend smiles without remorse and says, now you know, the, uh, now you will know the pain I felt and turns and points the gun at your chest. 
and fires. The pain is sudden and overwhelming. As your vision fades, you hear your co-host screaming your name. A scuffle and more shots as the best friend falls to the ground, taken down by Fleur. A frantic Fleur with her hands on your bleeding chest, begging you not to leave her again. In your last moments, you feel nothing, but her warm tears hit your face. As you leave your body, death, who looks like Katie McGraw in a wig, <laughs> greets <laughs> It's a bad wig, too, I'm sure. It greets you and informs you that you are destined to be a ghost, but that you have a choice to make. What do you choose? <laughs> that was all the lead up, by the way. That was, actual judgment. That was just a beautiful, exquisite <laughs> storytelling. All right. What do you choose? You can be a guardian ghost protector of your loved ones, daughter, co-host, and Mike from Oregon, <laughs> and you will be able to protect them from harm without them knowing, but will have to witness them painfully grieve and eventually move on. And once they all pass from old age, you will fade into nothingness. Or you will be a ghost that travels the world, and you can make ghost friends and live <laughs> a great ghost life, but she will never be allowed near your loved ones again, and will only be informed of what became of their lives from death when they also die someday. So is is Katie McGraw um, Katie McGraw death like is she Katie just McGraw like, hanging out with us? It has become death. <laughs> she is she is the uh, she's got the like the giant hood in my mind over top oh, of the bad oh, wig one hundred percent and like the yeah like the little thing she's holding and and she's like hello welcome to the afterlife here are your choices here's your final snap judgment <laughs> <laughs> choose wisely. <laughs> I think I would, I mean, I want to travel the world for sure. I mean, the travel the world, that sounds great. But I also like the idea that I would be able to be a guardian. I would like to be a, a ghost guardian for the people that I care about. I think I, I think I would want to, to make sure everybody I knew was okay. That's such a, yeah, that's a really sweet one. I'm going to go in the opposite direction. You're going to make ghost friends. I'm going to go in the world. Ghost friends, it's time for me to live my ghost life. And the <laughs> thing is, so this is this is my loophole because in the first snap judgment, once all of my friends and family die uh, and move on, uh, I'm fading into nothingness. Right. However, in this second snap judgment, maybe they become a ghost too. Oh. And then... And then, like, me and Mike and, like, you and Ghost Speaker and Bunsen, we can all hang out. We can go travel. We can travel the world. Actually, that does hey, sound ghost, nice. Hey, Ghost of Anne Boleyn, how's it hanging? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go around visiting famous ghosts. Now I know who Jack the Ripper is. How about that? <laughs> well, I guess that's a, a good way uh, to go out if you were uh, making ghost choices. Uh, so a pretty grim set of snap judgments from from anna for, for this week but you know what that's that's all brand for anna so uh thanks for sending those in and we did get a note from anna who wrote quote thank you for reading my snaps i really loved being part of the podcast you two are forever two of my favorite people uh Aww. with the heart and the quote um, so, uh, Anna, I, I just want to tell you, uh, personally that, uh, your snap judgments have really, uh, added to the podcast, even though they're very difficult. Morgan and I had to talk about each other's deaths, uh, <laughs> and 
even though they're always very dramatic, we always go on a real journey with you. Like a yeah. real storytelling, Anna. You have a yeah. gift. <laughs> yeah. And uh, listeners really love your snaps. Uh, so thank you for contributing to Supergirl Radio and adding a little something uh, different that we didn't expect. So I guess that's going to take us out of snap judgments for this episode of Supergirl Radio. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right, so I guess that's going to end. Uh, I think we're uh, we're going to maybe make it at a good time to get through all of this feedback for the two-hour series finale of Supergirl with The Last Gauntlet and Kara and the listener feedback from all of our listeners. Uh, so, But before we get out of here, we need to get to some Supergirl Radio and DCTV plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a T Public store, so if you are in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the T Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio, Superman and Lois Radio, The Flash Podcast, and Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Backlight and Podcast, Bad Woman Podcast 2, and Titans and Doom Patrol Podcast just for you, Justice League Dark Podcast, Green Lantern Podcast, Star Girl Podcast, Strange Adventures Podcast, and finally my favorite of the bunch, DC TV After Dark, where you're allowed to say and speaking of the DC TV podcast T Public store, uh, we have some finale related designs in the store. Yeah, we have uh, a Super Friends design by one of our faves, Comic Girl. Uh, and we also have uh, some some glasses where it says the perfect disguise, uh, which uh, Kara decided to uh, just ditch in the series finale and uh, get rid of because she wanted to just be herself so uh we have a lot of cool stuff in the dc tv podcast t public store so definitely check it out and we also want to thank our legion of uh, super sponsors for uh helping to support the supergirl radio patreon these people are michael sam Anne marie yvonne quinn jessica nicola leslie susan abby Ermgard, Miriam, sheree donna look uh nicole and lizeth and if you would like to become a, a super sponsor, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Supergirl Radio. We have four uh, monthly levels, uh, which give you just a little bit extra Supergirl Radio in your week if you would like to participate and support the podcast. All right. Well, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at uh, the Derby Kid. I'm also on Vero. If you know what Vero is, you should check it out. I actually really like Vero. I think it's a cool platform. Uh, but I'm at Derby Kid there. I'm also on uh, another YouTube channel. I have a personal YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com 
uh, slash duck milk prod. And I've gotten back into doing my Batman v Superman, a critical reception, a rotten tomato, negative review reviews. Uh, but I'm doing that now Sundays at 9 PM Eastern because Sunday afternoons were, uh, I just had a whole bunch of conflicts on Sunday afternoons. So now I'm doing them Sunday at 9 PM Eastern, uh, trying to get back into the habit with those, uh, cause they're actually kind of fun. So <laughs> if you want to join me there, uh, make sure to subscribe at, uh, youtube.com slash duck prod. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at MojoTastic. And you can also find me as a co-host on DCTV After Dark, which I see that Nicole in the chat says, DCTV After Dark, when? Question mark, question mark. <laughs> a question for the ages. When indeed. Uh, I'm going to have to, uh, Sarah and I are going to have to schedule something very soon. I just switched jobs and life has been chaos. But hopefully before the end of the year, our goal should be one additional episode of DC TV After Dark, uh, you know, our annual podcast. So uh, <laughs> keep an eye out for that. And you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, um, where we have been talking about season seven of the show, which thus far has been very enjoyable. So uh, a nice uptick from season six, which was uh, uh, kind of not great. So uh, it's good to it's good to see a show kind of stumble and and then catch its footing again and uh, and come back strong. That's good. I I don't know what that's like, but that's I was about to say we here don't know what that's like, but <laughs> that's that's good to know that uh, another show that you podcast about is is maybe starting to to turn around. So that's that's good to hear. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio, but until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson and I'm still Morgan Get. Yeah. I can't say my own name. <laughs> this is a long Google Doc. This is page forty-seven. I don't even yeah, remember my you're, own name. You're, at this you're, point. you're hanging in there. I appreciate Just, you I'm, hanging I'm in, in there. I'm in a thread. Okay, and I'm still Morgan Glennon, <laughs> and we'd like to thank everyone for sharing your thoughts with us. McGurk! I love not typing. Not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this house. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl.